Perez. Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello, and welcome to A Burkout Wonderland. We are an Arsenal podcast. My name is Chris, I'm your host, and uh, here we are to talk about the evening after, the afternoon before. makes you feel a bit rough even just thinking back to it but we will come on to it of course uh welcome to everybody in the chat thank you all for joining us we appreciate each and every one of you yes all 10 of you i'm kidding hi everybody right let's get on with the show then i'm going to introduce my guests uh first of all in the top right hand corner of the screen it is brighton's number one fan occasionally supports arsenal when it suits him hi josh just kidding how you doing mate all right yeah, I mean, the only game I managed to watch all season and we don't bloody win. Better go back to Brighton. It's no point. Pointless. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. Um, I'm glad to be back. I feel like my return has been overshadowed, though, by our next guest. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I sort of feel like we should all kind of stand up, maybe play the national anthem, something along those lines, because it's it's been a while unless you listen to other podcasts, which they do exist. I don't, I don't want to promote other podcasts, but... Uh, the man, the myth, the legend, definitely the myth, because you can't see him. We've seen him, though. He is real. And he's Mr. Jeff Arsenal. Jeff, how are you doing, sir? Welcome back. Chris, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. It must be. You know what? Button monkey Danny, he's not here. I was going to ask him when was my last appearance, because uh, it's been a while, mate. I know that. It must be over a year, surely. It's got to be. I, I have a sneaking suspicion before the end of the show, Danny will find that information out and put it on the screen. He has a habit yeah. of beavering away in the background. But uh, good to have you back, mate. You, you keep him well? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very, very well. You know, it's family and work commitments now. I can't get on uh, nowhere near as much as I'd like to. But, you know, I listen every now and again, and I see you, you guys beavering away and cracking away. So it's all good. And I'm, I'm, good, I'm, pleased, I'm pleased to be on tonight. Good man, absolutely. I'm sure that will change when we get into it in a minute, but uh, good to have you back. And <laughs> as everybody knows, that there London is a busy old place. So uh, any time we can get with Jeff is always a pleasure. So let's uh, let's crack on then. And um, we'll start with you, Jeff, actually, because we're, we're not going to do a whole match report. As probably everybody knows by now, we're, we're kind of we're not really the podcast for match reports. There's plenty of others out there if you want that. We're just going to do a bit of a kind of a raw reaction and pick out the the bones of what happened yesterday so it's a, a two-all draw i'm mm. guessing you were there jeff what yep. was your what was the what was your overall thoughts post game and and how did you how did you feel as my tagline says uh, they celebrated a draw levels because i just yeah. fe- it felt like a defeat to me yeah me too i mean i i, I really fancied this going in and I, I was so busy during the course of the morning and i had lunch with a good friend of mine uh, and I didn't even know what the team was. So I didn't, until I got in my seat and saw the players coming onto the pitch, I only then realised that we didn't have no, I knew Martinelli was unfit, but I didn't realise that Trossard wasn't playing. Uh, and that 
I thought, oh, hold on a minute. So let me have a look at the lineup. Then I see Jesus on the left-hand side. And I thought, you know what? This, I'm not sure this is this is going to work out how we really, really want it to work out. But we've done well. We, I mean, the first 15 or 20 minutes, our pressing was brilliant. Um, see, that's the thing I would rather have. I mean, I think Jesus is the best presser in the Premier League. Uh, and, you know, he, he, he's so frantic of going about things that I think if he was, <clears throat> pardon me, if he was playing as a nine instead of um, Eddie, which I know he does his best, I think it would have been a whole lot different. And if we had Trossard on the left-hand side, I, I do, I honestly do think the game would have been considerably different and uh, we might have got a, a better result out of it. But, you know, as the game went on, uh, you know, that first 15, 20 minutes, we looked like, OK, we're on this. But then we just seemed to run out of a bit of steam and lost a, lost a little bit of... You know what? When, when they started playing Tottenham, they're a decent side. You've got to give it to them. Unfortunately, they are a decent side. He's the Ange Postacoglu, he has got them playing and he's got them believing in themselves that's a similar type of way that happened to us last season when we had that great start and everyone had confidence and they was popping the ball about at our place and they haven't done that at our place for years, you know? So, and I think everybody else in the crowd had the same thoughts because it went very quiet. It was, it was, it was a light at first, but it suddenly went a little bit quiet. thinking, hold on a minute, we've got a game on, but you know, um, we went on and no doubt we'll, we'll talk about it as we go along, you know? Yeah, for sure. The, the, the first, uh, the silence that greeted that first equaliser was, that was deafening. That really was like pin in, in balloon situation. Um, two quick things, actually, Danny just put up on the screen there that your last appearance, Jeff was December 21. Good Lord. How time no, flies. Not true. That can't be true. Danny's really? the man with the stats. Yeah, apparently so. Apparently wow. So. Amazing. Um, it's been a time. Yeah, it's been a while. And you hit on, you've hit on so many points that we, we will drill into shortly. But no, I, I completely agree with everything you said there. And there was a, there was a nervousness. It's funny you mentioned about Postacoglu and Spurs. Do you know what it reminds me of watching them yesterday? And don't get it wrong, I will be giving them no credit. Um, that's the only credit they're going to get on tonight's podcast. But reminds me of um, when Redknapp was there. Just that carefree attitude, just go and play. Um, for all his faults, uh, Harry Redknapp, he, um, he got that side playing back in that day. And it does look a little bit like they've, they've reincarnated themselves uh, with that. But that's enough about them. Josh, uh, talk me through your your perspective on it because there was a fair bit of discussion in our WhatsApp group yesterday. A few things that we were all sort of speaking about. There's quite a few points you made that I tended to agree with as well, um, which happens every once in a while. I just don't I don't like to give you any credit. But um, what was your overall kind of feeling post game? And you know, it's, it's not a game you can ever enjoy, is it? But after that, after the way it ended. And after coming out of it when we probably should have won the game and didn't, did it leave you feeling a bit hollow as well? Yeah, it was certainly a draw that was snatched from the jaws of a victory. Um, I think that's the way it kind of felt to all of us. And yeah, I think, as you say, it had that kind of swashbuckling style from Spurs, which we've not seen since the Harry era. And I've not really seen a team do that against Arsenal since maybe... It's either when Brighton probably last went there or someone like um, Blackpool, 
with uh, under Ian Holloway. That's that kind of football where there seems to be no, con- <clears throat> excuse me, no control, but control at the same time. Um, I think that was personified by Basuma's performance as well. I thought he was just, despite being on a booking, he was excellent, especially when we lost Declan Rice. And I think that's the big thing that came to us that we started the game with five key players missing and ended the game or we got to halftime and we had six key players missing and playing third choice in two key areas of the field, which normally if you said Arsenal had six first team players out and they were spread quite evenly across the field, you'd be like, well, we could cope with that. But losing Rice at the same time of which we've lost Partey already and Jorginho is the only available option. And I think in a time where we needed a physical presence rather than that controlling presence in the midfield, it it really highlighted the issue we had um, somewhere where, you know, that loss of Granite Xhaka kind of really showed that we missed that steal um, because I don't think Spurs were, you know, as good as they were, they weren't that threat in the first half. The second half is when we looked far more shaky. We lost control of the game and they played us absolutely perfectly. If you look at how stop start that second half was, we just couldn't build a rhythm at all. And I can see that's probably why we brought Jorginho on was because we struggled with that. But uh, there were so many, and I'm sure we're going to go into some individual player performances in a bit, but there were so many performances that we saw that didn't have that spark and that venom and ferocity that you'd want from Arsenal players, especially Hale Enders in the North London derby. We kind of miss that and that missing kind of cutting edge. We seemed a bit too clinical, a bit too Guardiola, if you want to put it that way, that kind of mundane recycling of football with very little penetration. And that's not what we kind of needed at that point. It it was more of that kind of basketball game and we tried to bring that momentum out of it when actually I think we were better trying to just continually batter, batter down the doors because there seemed to be something where we just took our foot off the gas and there were opportunities, I think, there to really test Spurs. I think after... What, 20 minutes with Adogi on a yellow card and at no point did we then try and make that a red and you know, he's got a lot of uh, praise for his performance post the yellow card but I think that also comes down to us kind of taking a back seat and yeah there were many other options I think for us to really put Tottenham to the sword but I have to also, from a neutral point of view, it was a fabulous game of football to watch because it was end-to-end and you didn't know which way it was going to go. And it feels like Arteta tends to, in this situation, kind of drink the Kool-Aid and go a bit too far and throw on four forwards. And for once, he didn't do that and we didn't lose the game like we've seen him do at Man United a couple of times in Liverpool, where we end up finishing the game. We've got four forwards, no midfielders and... Saliba is just our only centre-back and it felt like we were missing something there and he's tried this alternative approach and it's not worked either but yeah Chris uh, how did you feel the game went um, without parroting too many of the things because obviously (laughs) we agree on everything 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I just felt sick, to be honest. <laughs> I don't, probably much like you two, I don't enjoy these games. I mean, obviously you do if you win, but that's post, isn't it? You know, you, I, I don't... I don't enjoy any part of this. I, I must have gone for a piss about eight times in the second half. Um, and I did that thing that I'm sure everybody in the chat and, and us three listening now, I'm pretty sure we all did that thing where it went to 2-2 and we all sat there and went, we're going to fucking lose this. We're going to fucking lose. Because it just felt like it just felt like that was the way it was going. And when they brought on Richarla Fraud, I thought, if that guy scores, I'm, I'm done with football. Like, I'm just done completely. But um yeah, I, I I felt rough. A point you made actually on that on the the game of football itself. Four three bookings to four, three for us, four for them. But I can't really remember there being a tackle in the game. It's a, it's weird. It, it didn't feel like uh it didn't think, feel like the scrap there. Other than the Eddie and Ketio one. Where yeah, he which nearly killed probably that should have walked four in fairness. Yeah. Uh yeah, the Odegaard one, which I thought was a stupid yellow card. It was. I think but, to, I'm not also sure. He, He's the captain. I'm, I I get. I, I do agree with these bookings. You I shouldn't be allowed yeah. to do that. But yeah, I'm pretty sure the captain gets a. Sorry, mate, you've forgotten how this works. Yeah, exactly. Uh, go. Yeah. I think yeah. if it was, um, you know, if their ex, he wasn't even their captain, was he? Their captain's still technically at the club, but it's been yeah. stripped. Uh, but the one who's now scoring uh, for fun in the Bundesliga, if he'd have done that, he mm. wouldn't have got that yellow card. No. We'll put it that way. I don't think to be, to be fair, the same thing happened in the second half, didn't it? Where mm. uh, who was it? I think Spasuma was the name. Yeah. That's right. how he yeah. got his yellow. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you're so, right. Yeah. So fair enough. I don't mind it when there's consistency. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Jeff, just bringing you back in here. Josh touched on something that I want to go into um, as we sort of go into the game itself. So we go a goal up through through Saka, who um, I think he had, he had a bit of a mixed day at the office and he's had a sort of a bit of a mixed couple of weeks really he's, he's obviously a you know brilliant there's not no criticism here but he's been a little bit up and down so far this season um he really took a chance cutting in off that left hand side we've seen him do it a hundred times before hits the shot Romero who is just I don't even think he's a footballer let alone a defender I, something about him I can't stand but anyway ball goes in off him um it's a little bit of fortune for us because I don't think it was on target what was your thought when we got that one goal up? And we'll come on to the Jesus chance in a minute. But I think Josh has made a point there. Udogi was booked very early on and it felt like Saka sort of retreated instead of really taking the game to him down that, that right-hand side. It, it just felt like it kind of backed off a bit. Did you feel the same way in, in the ground? I just think they come into the game a little bit more at that stage. And um, I mean, he was giving him a, he, he was giving him a torrid, wasn't he? time down that right-hand side. Uh, and you're right what you're saying. We should have... We, we have got to be a bit more cunning, a bit, a bit rat, rat-like cunning, a little bit more than what we, you know... I mean, last year we was we was a little bit uh, more, more clever than what we had been at the start of this season so far. Um, and you go, you've got to just let him have the ball and let him punch on and, get, you know, carry on. Because it, it, it would have been inevitable that he would have kept on fouling him because he was ruling him, you know? Um so that was a little bit disappointing. The goal, I think we deserved the goal, definitely. The little bit of pressure that we had, you know, it was it was coming. But, um, you know, uh, he'd he done great. And the worst thing you could do, I mean, I think Saka's amazing. I think he's one of the best footballers in the world on his day now. He really is, and he's he's pushing on. Uh, but if you you let him, it's crazy. You let him come inside on your on, on his left foot because, you know, it's, he's either going to put a lovely cross in or he's going to have a shot on goal. 
Um, I'm not even sure it was a shot. Was it a shot? I think it was a cross cum was, shot, wasn't it? See, half and half, shot. yeah, like caught in yeah. two minds, yeah. yeah. Going yeah, by somewhat. the movement of our forwards, it was probably a shot. There was no one in there. <laughs> yeah. No one in there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another thing we need to come on to as well. Yeah. But, you know, when yeah. it went in, the euphoria in the stadium was great because, you know, we was a little bit flat at that stage. You know, mm. we were a little bit flat with worry of, you know, are we going to break this lot down? But, um, I mean, it was yeah. fantastic. It was great to see. What What did you make of, obviously, so we get the goal, we're in front, and then we get that really big chance through Gary Jesus. We we will talk centre-forwards in a little bit, or a little bit later on, because obviously we want to yeah. get the game through, first of all, and that's definitely a debate we'll have tonight. But that... It, to me, it just it summed up Jesus. I think what you said there, he's, he's brilliant at pressing, his all-round game, his enthusiasm, his heart, his determination, his hunger. Everything is there, but he's not a natural finisher, is he? And that no. that shot struck me as a man who, just in that split second when you needed the Erdegaard, you know, low drive into the corner, he just kind of thrashed at it, didn't he? And at 2-0, I, I genuinely think Spurs fall apart at that point. Well, he does it. I mean... When he came to Arsenal, we had a mental pre-season, scored loads of goals, and I thought, oh, mate, this this guy's going to take off. Um, and then, then we saw his first few games, and he had loads of chances, but he didn't stick them away. Mm. And I've noticed that, I'll tell you what it is with him, in my opinion, he, he's so busy across the pitch doing everything, and he's so tricky, and he's, he, his mind is working so quickly that once he gets in front of goal, one thing a striker needs to do once they're in front of goal, calm yourself down. You nice. don't need to yep. burst the ball. You mm-hmm. don't need to burst the net. Calm yourself down. Sometimes you can miskick the ball and it will go in because you've sent the keeper the wrong way or something. But calm yourself down. And if he would only do that. And funny enough, against Manchester United, when he went through, I, I thought, Okay, let's, you know, I was thinking in motion, okay, what's going to happen here? Is he going to, you know, uh, do you think he's going to try and chip him? Or is he going to try and, do, you know, whatever? And But that there, once he scored the goal against United, sat the geezer on his ass, or sent him out for a packet of beef and onion crisp or whatever he did do, and then slotted it, I thought, ah, oh, that's it. Maybe he's had a bit of training, you know, and, and he's realised he needs to just calm down in front of goal. And, and if he could only do that, mind you, if he, if he, Listen, it probably if he if he was a goal scorer, he'd probably still be at Man City, mate. No one would be about to buy him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so that, that that's the thing, and that's the reason probably why why uh, Pep let him go because he knows that he's give him time. He's a fantastic player. He's a fantastic player. He could he could be an absolute absolute world beater if he could just calm down in front of goal. You know, and that's if he could do that. But it's very hard to change your mindset. It's the busyness mm. in his mind. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And he and it's, it's not a criticism. And I, I think that's an important thing to, yeah. to put on this podcast because we are going to go into some things that will come across as quite critical. Yeah, I don't on. mean that in a bad way. He's a, he's, he's, I wouldn't change him. Don't get me wrong. No, no. Same, I want same. him just, if he could just be calm in front of the goal, he'd get yeah. 25 goals a season. Yeah. yeah just, I, just I don't think him through. missing that chance either was the thing that, not lost us, but didn't get us the win. Mm, if you know agreed. what I mean? There were it was so early in the game, there were still opportunities for us to mm. 
yeah. claw it back. And I, you certainly I just, wasn't the only one at fault. Well, see, there's there's a fine line in football, especially mm. big games like that. We all know mm. these big, big games. I mean, you're right about the, the changes we had to make and we've got five players out. That always seems to happen, happen against mm. the, the bigger teams, unfortunately, with Arsenal. Mm. We've had loads and loads of times you think, oh, someone's been sent off the week before or, or you know, we've got a couple of injuries. But there's fine lines, and then the fine lines run from like, you know, he nicks the ball off of Madison, blasts mm. it over the bar. Yeah. Madison nicks the ball off of Jorginho, and they're yeah, back in the happens. game. Yeah. yeah those fine lines, uh, they define parts of seasons. You understand me? Because now, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd be flying now. We just mm. beat Spurs, you know. Because uh, I don't, if, we, if we'd have gone 2 1, I think we'd have controlled it at that stage, you know. Yeah. But, you know, but that, those are the fine lines of minute, minutiae that happen in games that can, can you know, decide matches. And that, that is, when he missed that chance, it was vital. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Completely agree. What, what about that equaliser sandwiching all of that information then, Josh? Because I, it was a weird one. We, we had that, that Raya save, which at the time, I must admit, I thought, Christ, that's, that's a worldie. And don't get me wrong, it's still a very good save, but Brennan Johnson like simply has to score. I mean, he makes a right dog's dinner out of that. But it is a very good save. Um, and at that point, you know, Spurs were coming back into it. They, they did take the game to us. I just look at that equaliser, um, and we'll come on to the second equaliser, but both goals... To me, they were just so avoidable. And the second one obviously has its own connotations that we'll touch on in a sec. But the first one for me, it's a catalogue of several errors. You know, Raya sort of flaps a little bit of that cross or, mm-hmm. it, you know, for me, he should have just turned it behind. You've yeah. got the, the, the Saka incident where he, he, I mean, again, like Jeff says, love Bukayo. It's not criticism, but he basically just gets done by Madison. Mm-hmm. It, it's a very, it's a poor attempt at trying to to jockey him out and he just lets him go. And then you've got three Arsenal defenders all converging on the same spot. I don't, I can't stand Son. I can't stand his pikey little <laughs> face, but it's a good finish. He gets in between all three and he gets that foot out. But to me, that's three er- three individual errors that cost us that goal. Um, is that, wh- what do you make of that, Josh? What's your, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I can't really go into... Yeah, any more depth on that to be honest because it's exactly as I feel it was a catalogue of individual errors and I think we probably need to talk about Raya as well I know mm. we've already mentioned the excellent save he made but I felt like you know we've seen him play two very clean games against Everton and PSV mm. but the it felt like against Spurs like he was playing for Brentford where a kick to touch was an acceptable long goal kick. And they just weren't sticking. The decisions he was making when kicking long just wasn't there. And obviously, I don't have the benefit of seeing the entire pitch and knowing if there was anything on or not and if whether or not Spurs' shape, you know, outside of the viewport of the TV screen, uh, was enough to be suffocating our forward line. But it felt like the outballs from him just weren't good enough. And... I think that's kind of culminated in this goal that it just culminated from us not being able to hold on to possession and letting Spurs come onto us. And whilst they had that opportunity, which kind of came, you could feel it coming. And so it didn't necessarily come out from nothing, but still at that point, I thought we could kick on and we could do something here. That is a very different 
feeling than I had compared to the second equaliser. I still had that assumption that Arsenal were good enough to come back against this. So whilst it was disappointing, and yeah, I agree, Saka should be taking up Madison. If you've just gone up there, scored a goal that's had a massive deflection and done James Madison's celebration, you do everything in your power not to have egg on your face and the potential for him to get a goal or an assist. And you just take him clean out and take that corner. Now, I know our defending of corners of late has not been great, but I don't feel we should be at that level where, who was it? Um, was it Paddy Kenny? For, was it Stoke? When he was playing Stoke and put the ball out for a corner rather than a throw in because he was so scared of the uh, Rory de Lapp throw. I'm sure it was him. But there were a couple of, uh, I'm sure I've seen a couple of instances of that where they were so scared of it. Were we that scared of corners? I think Mm. at the moment, I'm more scared of us kicking off. That's the number of times I've seen us concede with early goals. So yeah, um, it just felt like a little bit of a kick in the teeth, but not so much that I felt like we were out of the game. Let me ask you both this question before we move on, because it's relevant, Phil, Phil Macker, our regular, has put in the chat. Um, I'm failing to see the upgrade in Raya. What do you guys think? I mean, I'll I'll just chuck my five pence in. F- for for me, I think he is a better keeper than Ramsdale, and I I think that some of our views on Ramsdale have been a little bit a little bit swayed by the fact he's a lovely bloke um, who is clearly very likable in the dressing room and has done seemingly nothing wrong. I just think that at the elite level, and again, we'll come on to replacing players in a bit, but I think that personally, I do think he's an upgrade. Let me ask you both, Josh, for you first, like, are you, based on what you just said then, are you more Camp Ramsdale in this? Do you, do you sort of feel like it was a, an upgrade we didn't need? Uh, I think it's difficult. And I think even as Ramsdale and Ramsdale Senior have said, he needs pushing as a player. He mm. needs a threat in behind him. And Matt Turner, as good as he was and a great guy, it sounds like he was as well, wasn't the guy to push Ramsdale to the next level. And mm. uh, David Raya coming in certainly feels like that. And am I going to chastise a guy for one bad game? Not necessarily of, oh, he's suddenly a terrible goalkeeper. Mm. And I think the same goes for Ramsdale as well. That. Arteta's doing something quite brave in if the goalkeeper messes up, he's got a good enough backup goalkeeper that people are always going to say, oh, you should have played Raya for this game or you should have played Ramsdale for this game when mm. they inevitably have a poor game. And But is, is he, sorry to interrupt, but is he mm. is he creating that problem? Is the manager almost creating that problem by, by making it so clear that there is no number one and that basically I, any single mistake means you're out potentially. I'm probably in quite a good position where I can say Robert De is doing exactly the same thing at Brighton and no one is batting an eyelid. That's because they're uh, winning. Jason, Jason, <laughs> well. And they're not in a title race. To be fair, the games that have been dodgy are the ones that Verbruggen has started and he's mm. been a lot but shakier. What, but he's and 19, he's what, 21, is he? 21, yeah. yeah. Young goalkeeper and you've got Jason Steele on the other side. Yeah. But I think it's still the same logic that there are times when Raya's profile fits a game better than Aaron Ramsdale's Mm. and to be honest for the North London derby I want that fire in the belly Mm. starting from number one all the way up and I feel like although 
and I think it was one of your complaints that said we were too emotional. I think mm. that was one of the things we were missing was the emotionalness or the emotions of Aaron Ramsdale in the net for the North London derby. Because you know, and you can see it, the way he chastises that defence. Mm. They're not putting another foot wrong at that point, or he would be out there pushing Jorginho, pushing Rice, and don't give it away like that. You mm. don't get that from Rice. It's a little bit calmer. And yeah, he claims crosses a lot better than Ramsdale. That's a yeah. given. Yeah. And so there are opportunities and I can see it against Everton. I think Raya is a perfect choice for that. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I, I'm not quite sure if Ramsdale was that option. It should have been the option for today or yesterday. Agreed. What, what, what about you, Jeff? And, and also what were people saying around you in the ground? I mean, was there any chat about it or was it very much a well rising well, my, and that's just it now? My, my personal opinion is uh, you should never um, stop trying to raise the ceiling in, in mm. every single position, yeah. Um, no matter who they are, if you can get a better player, you've got to be ruthless. I mean, we've moaned for many, many years when Arsene was in charge, how, how loyal he was to, to players, uh, you know, and he, he didn't want to take on another player because it would block Ramsey, etc., or whoever it was that was coming through. Um, so we, we, we suffered there, really, thinking about it now. So you must always raise the ceiling if you can. And I think the opportunity came along with uh, David Raya, uh, and and he's, he's run with it. Per, in my personal opinion, I do think he's, he's, he's better across the board. Mm. He definitely he definitely claims the ball better when it's in the air, and there's nothing better if you're if you're if you're under pressure, and you know you, especially against a, a long ball team, when you've got a keeper that can come out and claim it and say thank you, I'll take that, because it it, it puts thoughts in they're not going to keep on kicking it long, and if the keeper keeps on picking it up, you know I mean it's, it's no problem, yeah. um, and I just think he's overall a, a better keeper against Tottenham. You were saying Josh. I think Postacoglu did his homework against against uh, for for Raya. I agree, and I do think that you know he where he's so good on with his right foot, and he's so accurate with his right foot. They just pressed him on his right hand side, so mm. he had to shift it onto his left foot, and then it's hit and miss. Whether you, I mean, you know, if if, if you if you're playing with your opposite, you know, foot, you're not that, not that, you're not. It's your, it's your less stronger foot. It's the weaker foot. You, you don't you don't know where you're going to really cook it, and and, that, and I think that's what's happened. So it's a little bit unfortunate, but I think you know, Postacoglu maybe done his homework, and it seemed it seemed a bit of where he kicked, he kicked it out three or four times with his left foot. It's hard. But but really, I do think he's the better goalkeeper overall. It's great to have a challenge uh, for for Ramsdale. It's a shame, and I feel bad really because Ramsdale he's been part of that where we've, we've picked ourselves up and we've really had a go and we had a, we had a we had, but you know at the same time he has made some vital mistakes in games and cost us points and you know. Sometimes you, you, you've got to be a little bit ruthless. And I think Arteta has done that. He's been ruthless. Uh, he's more comfortable in his own mind with Raya. He sees him, been play, he sees him been training every single day. And at the end of the day, it's his call and I'm going to back him. Mm. Yeah, I think that's exactly the right attitude to take. And I think, you know, like you said, and <laughs> once again, I feel like we're, I'm going to keep saying this, but we'll come on to improving the squad in a bit. 
what about the how did the ground change when we got back in front jeff because there was no yeah. to, to me there was absolutely no doubt that was a penalty i i, I obviously you wouldn't have heard this at the time but during the commentary gary fucking neville oh, i just like honestly that man just i there was a time when i actually quite respected what he says that's all i'm going to agree now. with him later by the way oh, sorry god i might be off for that bit um but he was he was giving it beans about how as a defender it, you know where's a defender supposed to put his hands and blah 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 to me, if that defender's not there, that's a goal, and there is yeah. no other argument. It's a penalty. End of story. Was there any yeah. was there any concern in the ground that they wouldn't give it because it's Arsenal, Jeff, at the time? And, yeah, and also, I, I, I said it. I, I said it because it, was, yeah, it seemed like it. they took ages and ages yeah. in the stadium. It was like such an easy decision what, to make what, as well. Like. What, what the fuck's happening? No, I didn't even know it was. I, I gathered it was handball, obviously, right? Yeah. But I didn't see it. And obviously, don't, yeah. they don't show it on the big screens or nothing, which they should do, right? Yeah. So we can all make our own mind up. So I had no idea how, whether it was handball or not. It was just like, well, okay, we're going to have to wait. And I was funking that he had to. He was given the directions to go over and look at the at the screen because nine and a half out of ten times he's going to come back and say that's a penalty. Yeah. So and and I think everybody around me was feeling the same way. Because mm. we didn't know, we didn't know what was going on, mate. You know, was it a penalty? Was it not? And the longer it was going on, I was thinking, oh, no, he's, he's not going to give it. It, it. They're taking too long. Mm. It's a, it's a, it's a hand, it's either a handball or it's not, mate. You got to yeah. make a decision, you know. Yeah. And it's normally easy to make a decision with, isn't it? It's not like you're drawing lines and everything else. No. So, but when when he was sent over to the that that was it. The, the elation for oh, here we go. It's definitely a penalty. <laughs> but then you start shitting yourself because you don't know who's going to take it and you just it's Tottenham in it you just anything well, that, can happen that was my next question what did you think when Bakayo stepped up because as much as we all love him obviously Odegaard has taken the last last couple and I must admit yeah. my my hoop was 50p 5p when I saw Bakayo take the ball yeah well you know what they've been doing they've done that a couple of times now haven't they yeah where someone's picked the ball up and they've switched it over I think Saka the first time I saw it picked the ball up Another game, I think it was. I think it went like this. Saka picked the ball up. Then all of a sudden, he's give it to over Odegaard. Mm. But this time, Odegaard's picked the ball up. Ball up. Looked like he was going to take it, and then and then Saka's took it and and obviously took the ball and put it down. Uh, now I'm I'm quietly confident with Saka, yeah, uh, which proved to be right in the end because yeah, um, hand, yeah. yeah, he's very accurate, you know. Yeah, uh, I know he's missed a couple, but no, we was all right. But I did, uh, you know, I had no idea, mate. Uh, penalties are a hit and miss. I, I did think, I did think uh, Jorginho was going to be because he's a he's a master technician, technician at the at the penalty, isn't he? So I did mm -hmm. think he was, and I was a tad disappointed for about two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good good pen in the end. And before I um, before I go to Josh, uh, just one other thing I wanted to mention. We'll come on to the equaliser sorry josh you get the first shitty stick on that one but the only thing i wanted to ask you jeff is i think josh mentioned this earlier on what what did you feel again probably in the ground you wouldn't have necessarily taken notice but in light of the cold light of day this this whole sort of sack of thing of the dart you know i i maybe i'm being a bit old-fashioned here but i i don't like it and i i tell you why i don't like it to me you're You'll get your Madison said he didn't see it at the time, blah blah blah. But someone would have seen it, someone would have known what was happening. To me, it just gives the opposition that that little bit of a, a shot in the arm, that bit of adrenaline. And I, I would just rather, I know he started doing the Rashford thing and whatever, 
I, I just prefer our players to celebrate their goals in their own way. And I, I just didn't feel, especially after he got turned inside out by Madison, the same player, you know, five minutes after scoring. And mm. again, it's not a criticism of the bloke. Saka's got every right to celebrate. He might have had a joke with Madison pre-game. They're England colleagues. It might have been an in-joke yeah. for all we know. Yeah, that's what it but was, I, I just, think. I just didn't. I just didn't really like it. Did you have an opinion on that? You know what? I didn't even know. I didn't even know until yeah. I come back and watch the highlights on, on the match of the day that, that he did that. Yeah, um, the the dart throwing thing, and I don't think anybody else did, unless you're right in front of where where Saka, you know, ran ran to. Yeah, uh, but you know, overall about that, I'm I'm thinking, I know what you're saying, but I think it's just an in joke between the two of them. You know, mm. a little bit of a piss take and everything else. He's obviously, he, you know, he might have had a, on the WhatsApp group to say he might be yeah. taking the piss out of him or something like that. During That's how it came across. Time. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's, I think that was a personal thing, but. Yeah, I know what you're saying. When five minutes later on, he goes up pitch and and um, mm. twists you inside out. Mm. Um, it's not a good look, mate, is it? It's like Jimmy said, and Danish just put it on the screen there. Like Jimmy said, it's poking the bear. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, in, in hindsight, we win four 0 and nobody gives a monkeys. I just thought at the time, I was just a bit like, mm, you know, do that at four nil. Like, don't do it yeah. at two one. But yeah, yeah true, just true. Personal feelings. Um, Josh, we have to uncover the, the shitty stone that is the equaliser. <laughs> Obviously, at half time we lost Declan Rice and we tactically took off Fabio Vieira. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on the substitutions a bit later on because I think they're a discussion on their own. But if, if Rice was feeling something, then the right decision was made. You can't risk losing him long term. So I get that one. But Jorginho coming in, um, normally... You know, I think he's done pretty well since he's come in. He's not been like some of the Chelsea players we've had in the past. I think he's a calm head. Um, the the bit I can't quite get my head around watching it back is that at the time I thought because I kind of turned away when it happened. I thought that he'd just sort of fallen over the ball, or you know, the player had pressed him and he just tripped or something. If you watch it back, he seems to have quite a few seconds to think about what he's going to do and the bit i really can't understand is okay it is good pressing credit where credit's due but he seems to turn into the press and i i just don't know why he doesn't get rid of the ball um and we'll we'll touch on that sort of emotional thing that that i mentioned earlier on later on because i did think we came out of the blocks way too fast with that particular press after the goal but what what do you think went wrong there like he had so much time what what do you think was going through what was his thought process turning that way and ultimately just giving the ball away there? I don't know what he was thinking, to be honest. And I think only Jorginho would be able to tell you. Mm. It's probably he wasn't thinking a lot. It was either that. <laughs> it was either he was completely blank or there was so much of what he needed to do mm. and so many options. He just had that kind of choice paralysis. It was like he was buffering to do it. It was, <laughs> it was, he wasn't sure exactly what he wanted to do. And to be honest, I doesn't, I don't think it mattered if he turned in or out of the press, mm. he was going to get, they were going to go through him. And mm. the way the Derby game had been reft, there was no way of foul was going to get given mm. if he was bundled over to retrieve that ball in that press. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like it was just one of those, is exposing that kind of weakness that we've seen from kickoff. That mm. said, the was it three times in the calendar year? Yeah, that we've conceded in the first minute of a game from straight from kickoff, basically, and that probably rolls all the way out to 
just generally looking at from kickoff, even during a game. So it felt it, it felt like he was looking for something, like an outball. Yeah. But obviously clearly didn't find it in time. But you just have to think at that point that you slide the ball out to Gabriel. That's your safe option. Yeah. Or and one of the fullbacks or yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the Arsenal. We didn't have the fullbacks in the yeah, position. They, they were them, would they? Halfway up they were, exactly. They were gone. <laughs> they were gone. They were sitting with Jeff with the prawn sandwiches. It was yeah. uh, <laughs> they were they were nowhere. They were nowhere to be seen. And yeah, it just seemed incredibly strange. And that was the problem when it then felt like that, you know, kind of knife to the heart because you could see, oh shit, this is where Spurs, we've given them hope. And that's the worst thing, isn't it? It's throw a starving dog a bone and they were just, it was going to be a difficult game because you could see clearly and Jorginho had kind of at that point realised he didn't have the time on the ball anymore. A bit like we saw with Enketia, where he got booked for taking out the goalkeeper. You know, you're kind of told to, uh, you know, let the defender know you're there kind of mm. thing. And he let the goalkeeper know you don't have that long on the ball because no. I was closer than you expect. But Jorginho then at that point just completely lost control. And he still did have some good moments. I think there was a through ball that he played, which I thought was absolutely superb. But mm. we lost that steel and dynamism in the midfield and i can see why we did that kind of um double sub of Vieira coming off and Havertz mm. coming on in his place i don't think because Vieira played necessarily too poorly mm. but because if you're removing rice and then you've got odegaard Jorginho, and Vieira, that is a very lightweight midfield yeah. compared to uh madison basuma and Saar. Yeah, so we clearly needed to bring Havertz in for some kind of strength and steel and um, you know, just a stature. Yeah, in that midfield, but it just didn't seem to really work at that point. Did you want to you want to come in on that, Jeff? What was it like? Because it it must oh, have been my. elation oh. to absolute devastation in the space oh. of thirty seconds. I mean, we've got to learn our lesson. It is crazy, you know. Yeah. The, you know, we're a professional football club. We've obviously got a, a, a clever coach. We've got very experienced footballers, you know, although there's a lot of young players on, they've played a lot of games. They've played in, in, in decent, you know, big size games. And especially the man that we're talking about, he's won mm. Champions Leagues and he's won uh, European Championships at international level, etc. Yeah. I think we was looking at a player that was like a cold player that had only 100%. just recently come on. Yep. He, he, he hasn't played a, a you know, um, competitive football for a, a few games. Reading and, my mind. Yeah. And, but we, we, we done, we did that high press. The first thing you need to do is you need, you, okay, fair enough. You win the ball back, mm. but you've just gone, you've just gone a goal in front. Let's have 14, 16 passes, pop the 100%. ball about, yep. control the game. Say, yep. right, we're in front now. This is what we're going to do for the rest of the game. Come and get it. And mm-hmm. then you're opening up space and we'll get a third goal. What you don't do is leave the smallest player and the slowest player <laughs> as the last man. Yeah, It's fucking crazy. It's yeah. Honestly, it's crazy. Now, I like him. I like him. I think he's a fantastic addition to the squad. He's not going to be our first choice, right? But it was unbelievable how we just got suckered into it. 
And mm. I, I think he had just had a brain freeze at the time. He's yeah. trying to do a drag back. It was like, mate, what are you doing? Hoof yeah. it. Do something. Yeah. Right? We've just scored. But, you know, we've got to get, we, we've got to stop, you know, we've got to stop sticking on ourselves as soon as we're from kickoffs. So we've yeah. done it several times now. And we've got to get over that. We've got to learn because otherwise it's going to cost us. It will yeah. cost us. And we can't do that in Champions Leagues, mate, because we're oh, out. Right. No, we're you against the, the very we're top out. sides. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're, yeah. You're out. But we it's, when we score, even at the start of the game now, get the ball. 12, 14, 16 pluses, everyone, you know, and, and let teams realise, okay, they're a good side, this mob. This yeah. is how they're going to play. Put a bit of fear in them, you know? Can I can I bring in, because I, I tweeted after the game and um, nobody, nobody cares what I tweet, but I like to, it helps get it out off my chest. So, But I said after the game, and this is exactly what I was referring to, um, and I said that I said many won't agree, but one thing I'm really not a fan of with this current Arsenal setup is we're far too emotional. Um, there always feels to be a constant need to rush things, play on the edge and make rash choices in possession. And it makes me uncomfortable. And what I mean by that, because you can't always get how you really feel in one tweet. But th- this is what I'm getting at, Jeff, in terms of that we... We just seem to, everything has to be 100 miles an hour or everything has yeah. to be a last-minute winner and it's all emotion. And and don't get it wrong, if you you think back to, you were in the heyday. Thank you, yeah. Danny. A cheap yeah. plug for me there. You were in the heyday. You remember Wrighty, right? And Wrighty was a classic at this. If you took, if you, you think of those Jules with Schmeichel, if you took that side of Wrighty away, you've got half the player. And I yeah. think it's it's the same with Mikel. If you take away that, that Spanish you know, vamos, that attitude, that aggression, that passion that he has, you have half the manager. So I'm not saying he has to take that away or dial it back. But to me, it just comes back to the whole touchline antics, the the, the, some of the quotes, the slightly chippiness with the the media. I just feel that that bleeds onto the pitch sometimes. And I feel like that's an area he has to develop as a coach. Because as you said, Erdogan came flying out the blocks to press you know, they they gave the ball back to us, and that was exactly the point where we should have, ironically, put our foot on it. Maybe not as Jorginho yeah. did, and yeah. just keep the ball. Is that does that come across in the ground? Because last year was fun, and we we rode that wave. This year, we you know we have to. It's it's not fun anymore, is it? We've got to learn no. from last year and be more composed. And is is that coming across in the ground that it is almost a nervous ground again? No, to be honest with you, I think at half time. When he got him in there, I think I fancy he said to him, "Listen, calm down. We're all running about here. Just calm. Let's just go out there and play our football. Mm. Calm down. Don't let them. You know, just keep have be courageous, right? Keep knocking them passes into people, making them triangles in all them little pods that we've got working, like we have been doing for uh, you know uh, twelve months now, fifteen months now, or whatever it is. But you've got to be confident." And I think maybe that's what happened. He, he's got the ball and he's thinking, okay, let's keep it calm. And and he's tried to drag it back. He must have realised that there was nobody behind him. There's places that it's, it's, it's places you can take chances, but not being the last man. And you got and you got you know Sonny, who, who's oh, I can't stand it. He's a great player, but I can't stand him because he's no, just keeping scoring goals against us and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's lightening the kid. You can't. It's, it's given, but we must. But what you're saying about the and the emotions. You know, it seems like, and this is another thing we need to do, we need to control games more at the Emirates, right? 
And when I say control, don't keep on giving goals away, giving teams chances. Because that's what we, we – every single game at the Emirates that I've been to for the last so many games has been like trauma. It's like, oh, my God. And I'm and I'm biting in. And I'm thinking, mate, this is fucking Arsenal. We should be just popping the ball about. Yeah. And, you know, keeping calm. We're bringing that emotion on ourselves. We must learn yeah. to just, like, cut all that stuff out. But so you're right is- about the emotions. It's exactly how I feel. That that to a T, you've summed it up exactly there. It, it's not it's not me saying I don't like the way we play. It's not me saying I don't like the press. It's just that everything. It, it's like there's no medium with us. It's like a hundred miles an hour or slow and don't really know what we're doing with it. There's no in between. Josh, um, did you? I mean, did you want to come in on that? Because you said about the Ramsdale effect. Do you don't think we were emo- too emotional, or where do you stand on that level? I don't. I think we weren't emotional enough in the sense of look how Spurs played and they played with full, I guess it depends on how we say emotion. Spurs felt like they played with passion, that they wanted to go out and really attack the game. It doesn't feel like we're creating good chances at the moment. Mm. We're creating chances, but it doesn't feel like they're as many as we, as there were. It's probably partly down to Jesus snatched at his chance because Remember, you know, when we were scoring goals for fun a couple of, yeah, in the middle of last season, uh, probably actually towards the beginning when Jesus was available, uh, it was Martinelli and Sakura and Odegaard. Uh, just goals were coming from everywhere. We were creating those chances left, right and centre. That's mm. missing. It feels like it's missing to me anyway. That Not that we've run out of kind of um It's very choices. Samey. Yeah, the it's are very those, aren't they? Yeah. It's the we're trying this move. Oh, it's not come off. Recycle, which is fine. Mm. <laughs> I'd rather we kept the ball than give it away and knock it out for a throw. Mm. But it feels like there's something missing there. That kind of buzz. Maybe that was Martinelli or mm. uh, Trossard or even Reese Nelson as that option. But there seemed to be something that there wasn't. I don't know. I couldn't f- quite make it tangible in my mind what was missing, but there was something there. And Jeff, I don't know if that felt to you as well, that there's something missing in our attack. Yeah, 100%. Season. 100%. But, you know, to be honest with you, if you took, well, maybe not, well, even Man City, if you took their four best players out of their team, you know, mm. they would, they would, you know they wouldn't be the same either. You know, and but you take if you take out of any team, you take their best players out. You know, if you take Rice out and you take Martin Martinelli's a great, he's a fantastic yeah, player. He causes he call he causes havoc. You Massive know, mess. Yeah. yeah, and you know that, that that is a big loss. We know that. You know, it's like cause if we if we lost if we lost Saka, it's the same on the other side. You mm. know, because we do play down that left hand side. That's a that's a big part of our game playing down that left hand side because when you get over to Saka, normally he's got three players around him, so mm. we switch it quickly. Martinelli gets off him and uh, Zichenko. They can do a little bit, and we can go from there. When we had we we hadn't we didn't have that, and as much as Jesus was doing a great job defensively. I want to see him as a nine. And I want to see Trossard or Martinelli out left-hand side. And they're working their little bits and pieces. Because once you get the ball into Jesus, he will create his own chip. Whether he sticks them away is another thing. We spoke about that. But he's got flicks and tricks and he'll twist you and he'll turn you. And Mm. if he don't score, he'll lay it off of somebody like we've seen in the past, you know? Yeah. 
and that's it is difficult when you, you you're losing certain players out of your team. It doesn't feel right, and yeah. you know we need to talk about Eddie. Um, well, let, let, let's let's do that now because uh, we are going to talk about the left wing situation in a minute as well. But yeah, three people almost in sync there. Steph, Phil and Jimmy all hit straight away. The thing missing was the forward. Um, I mean, you're at the risk of going too deep into sort of wading into transfers, etc. Do, do you get the impression, Jeff, as, as somebody who, who knows a few people, let's just say that much. Do you do you feel like the centre forward is the next big missing piece of the jigsaw that Arsenal are going to have to spend big on because like you you know I I don't like getting on players backs I mean I'm frantically defending Kai Havertz left right and centre at the moment because I think there's a player in there but with Eddie um, to me and I said it on a couple of shows previously to me he's built for a 4-4-2 and he's built for a mid-table you know, kind of club. He's he's one of those. If you stuck him in Everton's forward line, yeah. West Ham's or Brentford, he's perfect. Yeah, we, we, there's something about when we play with him, we just don't get from a centre forward. And I know he's got goals, but we even when he's in the team, we don't play to his strengths. We try and play him like a budget Jesus, and bless him, he's not good enough for that, is he? And I, I, it, I hate saying that. I don't think he's good it, enough for Arsenal. He, I'm afraid he doesn't fit the system that Arteta no. wants to play. He's not technically good enough for that, you know. Mm. Uh, Arteta wants something different. He's neither a big powerhouse, mm. or he's he, he, he's not a Gabriel Jesus where he can he could he can, you know he can he can twist and uh, you know make a chance for himself. Mm. He's okay. He's a, he's a like a kind of like fox in the box. But, he's a finisher, isn't he? That's it. Yeah. Well, you know, even sometimes I don't, I don't even think he's that. I don't think he's an out, just an out and out finisher. You mm. know, I don't think he's deadly, so to speak, where you've got to keep him because you can finish. Mm. He's like, it's, it's really difficult. So I love him. He's great. Uh, you know, and he's a HLM boy. And I'd love to see him, you know, burst onto the scene again and, and you just let the penny drop. All right. He's built himself up and he's stronger now from, from what he was last season. And he's mm. trying, but. To be honest with you, I just think you are seeing the best Eddie Nketiah that you're going to see That's at the it. moment. It's, the right? ce- it's, that, it's that thing you said about ceiling, isn't it? Ceiling, correct. And mm. that is it. And we do need something else. And we will get it. We, we, we're not Man City. We can't just go out and spend. We have mm. got to watch what we've got to spend. And we are looking, at, you know, at that top-level striker. And I think they'll get it. I think they will get it. But it just takes time, doesn't it? They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're like... You know, they're like rocking horse stuff, aren't they? A, a, a top striker, you know. If if it was you and I, uh, Josh, hold hold your hold your horses, Josh, because I know what you're going to say. I I said yesterday, and I've been saying for a while, Jeff. For, for me, Ivan Tony fits that profile because not only is he big and strong, but he does all those other things. He, to me, he reminds me of that sort of old-fashioned centre forward with new fashion skills, if you get me with that. You know, he's yeah. he is good on the deck. He is technical. But what, what I also like about him is he's a bit of a prick. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. Eddie, I feel, aside from that challenge, the, he, he just drifts out of games. He's not there. Tony, he's a constant menace. He winds up teams, even like Man City, what he did to them last year. Mm. Um, and I personally feel, it sounds ridiculous to say this, but I think 60 million is very achievable in terms of transfer fee for a club like ourselves. Um, and we'll come on to who Josh wants in a minute because he's going to cost a lot more. But 
is he the sort of profile striker you'd go for, or are you more kind of an Ollie Watkinsy type? You know that mobile striker. I wish I think, we could sign Nicholas and Elka again, but we can't, sadly. <laughs> yeah, Scott, well, can you imagine that? Oh, I, he would be perfect. I, I, I think he, I think he, I think he's ideal for that because he, he gives us another another um, variation of, you know. Sometimes, I mean, you see what Pep's done. He's got rid of Jesus and he's got a great big languishing centre forward, and you think, well, hold on, how's that going to work? Mm. Well, because because he can do it now. He's got the little fellow. Who's the other little? The, Alvarez. Alvarez, yeah. He's, he's physical as well, isn't he? he yeah. He's physical. So you've got yeah. the little man in there as well if you need to just play one up top and you've got the big lad if you need to go long, yeah. right? And I think that's what that's what Arteta's going to do personally and the little bits and pieces that I do here. I, I just think he's got some baggage that I think Arsenal are going to try and maybe avoid. That's I don't know. the worry, isn't it? Yeah, that, that yeah. is the worry um, with, with Arteta being how he is. He doesn't really fit that profile that, you know, um, and that's really all I can say. Yeah, no, no, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> if, so it, if I swing it round um, the other way then, if you were to go, rather than just naming names, do you think we need to go for Premier League proven? Because can you take a risk on another foreign import that, arguably doesn't you know needs time to settle etc like i feel like we need to be going after somebody who is premier league ready quote unquote well they did they did before before all the noise came about over one of your lads josh we, we was in <laughs> at the back end of last season for evan ferguson and we was told politely to go and do one <laughs> um obviously he's very young um but i mean he has got a lot he has got a hell of a lot but he is very young Irish um, centre forward at Arsenal will never work Jeff never will no, never work <laughs> I mean I was I was amongst the, the old boys in back Frank Stapleton and and people like that he was brilliant yeah uh, yeah no it's, it's, it's but no I do think they'll go abroad I think they'll look look abroad somewhere and try and find someone mm. um you know, and I think maybe maybe the, it, it's great to if you can fight. Uh, I mean, you you buy a British centre forward, he's going to cost you. Well, you know, he's going to cost you absolutely. He's going to way above what you what you'd have to give. That's why it makes me wonder about the Tony thing because it, it's that as you say, it's that baggage over value thing, isn't it? Because a lot of clubs mm. are going to look at him and say, and I know some of the arguments I got in my tweets yesterday was, well, he hasn't played for six months, he's not going to hit the ground running, which I think Josh, you're going to touch on in a minute. Um, I've got a friendly bet with Josh that he will just because I think he's the sort of guy who will have a point to prove. But like you said, Jeff, you know, you, you can't find the, the Jamie Vardy types anymore for 500 grand in the lower leagues. And, and a, a club of Arsenal stature, we can't go out and buy John Hartz and Chris Kiwami anymore. Like it, the football's moved on. You can't yeah. go for a risky championship striker. Um, go on then, Josh. I mean, what, t- tell me why. Tell me why it should be Evan Ferguson, and how on earth oh, we're going to find one hundred and seventy million quid for him. I'm not. Um, I'm not saying Evan Ferguson over Ivan Tony. I think I'm more on the hard point of I don't think Ivan Tony is the right profile for okay. Arsenal, and I think as Jeff's kind of alluded yeah. to, 100%. it 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 just doesn't just quite fit what we're mm. trying to do here. We aren't a team full of bastards. But as you say, on Eddie's performance, and this is where I come in and agree with something Gary Neville said, was it seems like he's actually going to take on from that point that never went from. Eddie seems to have lost that instinct, that Mm. fox in the box instinct. 
because you know we had that corner cut in swinging corner oh yeah it should be right at that back post i did yeah. agree with neville i will, I will ian, confess yeah ian yeah. wright I mean, name uh, even Francis Jeffers for Arsenal would have found himself back there, and Paul Cabadiaora would have been in there, Josh. For exactly, Christ's there sake. were many a striker of Arsenal generation that would have just been there on the toes, ready to go. Thank you very much. I'll pick up at least five to seven goals a season by doing mm. exactly that run. And Eddie wasn't there, mm. and I it might be throwing you know the uh, baby out of the bathwater, but it feels like a huge miss and mm. there were opportunities there where I looked at one of the balls Havertz played into the box a superb left-footed cross from oh, kind of that mid area not from the wing straight in and I'm mm. expecting my centre forward especially I would expect Jesus to be running mm. flashing across the front of the central defender getting mm. onto the end of that and it's partly where Havertz looks not good for Arsenal because we've got that lack of movement up top mm. at the moment He's finding spaces we're not taking when we're not yeah. making the runs onto the balls. He's finding the space. I think for. that's part of the creativity issue we've got is that we're mm. not having the right runs, and with that forward line doesn't feel like it's moving in the same way. And I hate to say it, are we missing Granite Jacker? Well, well, we'll we'll come on to that. Don't <laughs> worry. But Fem Fem's just made the point in the chat. We're coaching yeah. out of Eddie, and like I said earlier on, mm. when I was talking to Jeff. It feels like we're trying to recreate Jesus, and that's not Eddie because mm. the Eddie that we had. Look at the goal against Man United last year. That was predatory instinct. That's where he was. Mm. That's where he gets his goals. Is it just a confidence thing? And it mm. it did make me chuckle. I saw quite a lot of tweets yesterday um, get queued up, Danny, uh, mm. with the league I talk mm. here. But I saw so many people say, "Oh, why do we let Balogun go? He would have been there." Um, on the same weekend, the Balogun <laughs> missed two penalties in the derby for Monaco against Nice. It but it that's really the didn't help that, his brand, did it? No, uh, that's really the areas that, that Balogun scored for, in France last year. That's exactly the areas he got the goals. So, I, you know, it, it does feel like there was that kind of sliding doors that if Balogun had said, "I'll go on loan for six months. I'll come back in January," yeah you'll look we at this would, situation yeah, we'd go oh hang on we've made a huge mistake and maybe mm. we'll go back in for him or well. if we'd have sold kieran Tierney and not had to rely on the figures that we got yes. for balogun to balance the books yeah yeah, yeah there's a uh, definitely that kind of issue at the moment and i can mm. see yeah i know that arsenal were knocking on tony bloom's door for uh, evan ferguson and <laughs> along with we'll probably continue yeah and mm. we'll continue to do that because he is the hottest prospects in yeah the Premier League at the moment. I think in world football, there's other options out there that you could certainly find and cultivate. But I think that's always going to be the worry of. Where... I don't see them though. Who who are you thinking? Because I, you know, you know me. I'm I like the European football. I yeah. haven't seen many. Ferguson is. I hate to give you credit here, but <laughs> I agree with you. He's yeah. a tier above. He's got everything yeah. at such a young age. I'm I'm not seeing too many centre forwards in big why... leagues that can do it. I think it would be someone that is, again, it's going into the real deep data that, you know, there's obviously a reason why at some point Arsenal were looking into Ivan Tony, and it wasn't because he converts a penalty every other game. Mm. I I do wonder if there's, if there's a reason Real Madrid went for Hossley, not because Benzema yeah. and they're waiting for, there was a reason why they picked that kind of profile of player. And mm. I think it is more of picking, right, if we're going after Ferguson, Ferguson isn't, he's still incredibly raw. And as mm. if Deserby builds him up to the player that he's been talking he could be, 
there's a hell of a player in there. Imagine yeah. Haaland, but can actually contribute off the ball. Yeah. Know, that's that's the kind of layer we're getting to of a player. Yeah. But I think there's still opportunities out there just to bring someone else in. And maybe, you know, we've just spoken for, what, 10 minutes or so on David Raya and uh, Ramsdale and players mm. needing that kind of pressure behind them. Yeah. Yeah, you need And that. Eddie seems to be somebody who doesn't have it anymore. No, he you doesn't. Know, he knows that, oh, if Jesus is uh, unavailable, which he has been for large spells of his time here, mm. I'm getting a run of at least 10 games. I think Danny yeah. flashed off his appearances for the last season, uh, last couple of seasons. He's guaranteeing about 20 appearances in the Premier League. Every well, have year a, at the Havertz or Trossard as a false nine is the only other option you've got, isn't it? There is no well, other option. I there think is. Trossard's a better yeah. nine than Eddie. I agree. Yeah, yeah for, for, our, for our team. Yep. For our False team, nine. I think he is. I think he's got that hunger. He, what he, no, well, he's got a trick. He will spin yeah. you. He'll twist you up. You get too Shoot tight to him and yeah. he'll roll you. And, and he, he, you know, he's, he's, he, now he is a finisher. Yeah, he is. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, I think and that was a missed opportunity with the lineup, to be honest. And I think yeah. we were all a bit perplexed that if you've got Jesus fit, you play him through the middle, don't you? Well, that's and the bit. 100%. Yeah. Well, shall, shall we... Yeah. Oh, you, yeah, you just read my mind. Yeah. Shall, yeah. shall we touch on... I can't remember who it was he put in the chat. It might have been Phil. Mm. I think a few people have said it. What, what What's the point, Josh? Why Why have we given... Je- Jeff touched on it earlier on with Arsene, keeping favourites mm. around, etc. I'm sure Reese Nelson is a lovely bloke and mm. he undoubtedly has ability. Showed that with the Bournemouth goal. He's a technically very good player. Had a great spell on loan at Feyenoord. Why in God's creation have we given the guy a new contract? And we'll come on to Emil Smith Rowe as well, because I think he falls into this bracket. Why have we given Reese Nelson a new contract if the guy, when our first choice, not just our first choice left-sided player, but his backup as well is also out, why on earth are we playing him there? I get the idea of playing Jesus wide in a way because it's something different and maybe Spurs don't expect it. But for God's sake, like to leave it to the last 10 minutes or whatever when Nelson come on, like wh- why is he not starting? If he's not good enough, why are we allocating contract to a guy who is not going to play other than the bloody Carabao Cup, which no one cares about? I I can only assume it's because it was cheaper than finding an alternative was to that's, sign him onto a new deal. But boring. it's annoying, isn't it? It's annoying yeah. that that is the way that we'd go down it. But I completely agree that what I want to see at the moment is remember back in the amazon documentary where i think it's in edu and richard garlic's office they've got that squad yeah map. all the players yeah all the players up, yeah. and it's yeah. showing the depth they've got in each position yeah the, i want to walk in there and i want to see where the hell eddie and ketia comes on the left hand side mm-hmm. as an op- option or sorry where jesus comes on the left hand yeah, side exactly. yeah. because it's, it seems absurd that he's on the left hand side over reese nelson mm versus having Eddie central. Or, or the Smith other Ryan. way I'd look at the way I'd like look at it as well. Left, I mean, you know. Jesus came off uh, 75 minutes and it sounds like that was planned, you know. He's been what? He's just come back from knee surgery and he's played two yeah. games. He's 75 still minutes. His fine. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason I could see that we parked him out left is because we didn't trust him against Romero. Oh mm. sorry, we didn't trust Romero against Jesus. They wouldn't snap mm. him in half again. And that's why we played Eddie there. That's the yeah. only logic I can see to why we kept him away from that danger zone. And to be honest, in the height of a game, he's going to be mixing in different positions anyway, and anything could happen. 
Yeah. But it seemed very a very odd decision. And I feel like I don't want to go journalists should be asking questions like this, but they should have been asking a question like this of going, we're not talking about individual players, but don't mm. you feel like your left wingers are a bit pissed off sitting on the bench when you've put a striker out there instead? Yeah, that that's it. That, that's, that's the low of the hole. It doesn't matter it. who it is. If it's Nelson yeah. or Smith Rowe who plays out there. Yeah. Why are they not getting a game yeah. rather than you shoehorning in a, a guy that to play can out play out, who can I'll, play I'll out. I'll tell you why, should I? Go on, Jeff. Go on, Jeff. He obviously don't trust them. It's as simple I agree. As that. Yeah, he I obviously, agree. for whatever reason, he don't trust them. Maybe they they're not signed up to the system yet. They're not completely in tune with the system yet, and that's the that's the only reason because they've they've obviously got the ability because we've seen it, you mm. know, with with mm. Emil Smith Rowe and um, Reese Nelson, right? And I, I do. I, it's, it must be about the system, you know, and and even. I mean, going but I'm changing the subject a little bit. I, I think he's made a ricket as well, playing Vieira in, yeah. in, instead of Kai Havertz. Completely I mean, agree. the physicality of. I mean, it's, you got listen. He can. He's, he's technically he's fantastic. Yeah. I, you know, I think we'll all agree about that. He can play. He can, he can play on the ball. He's brilliant. Okay, but it's his physicality, and you've got games you can play him against. The, the weaker sides, but you've got mm. the big games. You know, Tottenham's going to be a ferocious game, you'd think. Mm. Kai Havertz is a big strapping lad. He's a big, strong boy. He can hold his own against, you know, anybody. And I know he's been taking a little bit of stick, but, you know, he's, he's played in big games, European finals, etc., etc. There's a um, player there. Sure. There's, a, there's definitely a player there. Plus, he can yeah. hold his own, and he's strong. The world, yeah. you know, and he wouldn't have got. Um, they were snapping straight through Vieira. You see it, and it was like it was it was causing a lot of friction in our play. You know, it was the old Vieira, wasn't it? It wasn't it was the Vieira we've Vieira. seen yeah. the past few weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think maybe it was like a rabbit. He got caught in, in the headlights. You know, but mm. I think that was a. But listen again. I, I can't. I can't criticize. I can't really criticize Arteta he, he sees him on the pitch every single day you know mm. I think that's the thing isn't it it's a bit like remember when Ramsey was going through that horrible horrible period mm. and Wenger kept coming out and saying he's the best guy at training it's not my yeah. fault he's not not performing in games and it a couple of weeks ago I remember Arteta saying exactly the same about Eddie that he was performing in training I can't not say you're going to play the game because he was yeah. one of the best trainers. And I get that and while Jesus was coming back to yeah. fitness, but when, when they're all fit, um, yeah. what, what about, what about the, were you at the PSV game, Jeff, the other night? I was, yeah. So, so that ovation that Emil Smith Rowe got and make no bones about it. I'll, I'll just hang my flag out there. I thought we should have sold him in the summer purely because it was in, in my opinion, and I'll, I might be proved wrong in six, eight months time. In my opinion, we're not going to use him. And if we're not going to use him as not just first choice, but not even second choice, he is one of the few players that we could have commanded a fee for. Um, you know, we know Villa were knocking last summer and I just felt that that was the time to sell him. But no, they stuck with him and also nailing my colours to the mask. I like him. I like him as a player. I think he's I think he's got a lot of attributes and, and I, I think he's a good kid and all of those things that go with it. You were at the ground the other night. You heard that ovation. Mikel made reference to it and said that it warmed his heart, whatever it was. Yeah. Why is this kid not getting a chance? Like, why Why is he... Because surely he could have done a, 
not just a job at left midfield, a bloody good job at left midfield, surely. Well, yeah, I, I was thinking exactly the same thing. I just think that, um, again, you know, everyone's different. Everyone, you know, we've, we've all got different opinions. No doubt Mikel has got different opinions on all the players and he, he sees them every day. I think that he, um, Emil has had, obviously, fitness issues. Hmm. Um, and lifestyle issues. Do we think? Because there was that well, talk about his diet and how he lived, and I don't well, know. Well, yeah, I think there's there's rumblings of that kind of stuff. And if you don't mm. live right, I mean, Wenger was a, a strickler on that, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, so you know, um, maybe that's what it was. It was it was fitness. You know, can you get up and down the pitch and do? I mean, especially playing out on that left hand side, you have got to be fit. There yeah. are no substitutes. As the, you know, you've got to be fit. That's the first thing you've got to do. Yeah. If it's before you've even kicked the ball, you've got to be physically, you know, fit enough to to do the job. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's why you know you've gone back to Man City now. You the, the the kid that come from Villa. That's why he was out of the team for six months. Um, Calvin Phillips as well from Leeds is never yeah, got a look in. Yeah, if yeah. they're not fit enough and they don't fit into, you're sitting on the sideline, mate, and, and you sit down and watch the game. Mm. Watch what we do. This is what you need to do. Um, but no, I, I agree with you about Smith Rowe because there is definitely a player in there. Oh, yeah, 100%. He, he, he turned us round. Yeah, he did. Him, him goals last season. Literally last turned, season. Us, turned us round, you know? Mm. Yeah. Would, would, would you, because again, you've seen him in the flesh. He's obviously bulked up quite a considerable amount. He looks yeah. bigger. And I yeah. think, I don't know whether it's because he wears his socks low and he has that. Mm undershirt he always looks like he's a bit lumbering now i don't know what it is it's just a visual thing no but, i think he's cut underneath mate it's just no he's, he's just he's just one of them stocky kind of kids i think no i think he's i think he's fit enough and he's bulked up he's he's, he's trained very very hard but i think yeah. he's broke down a couple of times in between you know and it's, would, it's hard to get going again would there have been an argument then from your point of view that maybe he could be that quote unquote left eight if you know if you have got concerns about Havertz you put Havertz out on the left where he's played for Leverkusen or left of a three and you move Smith Rowe into the middle or is that again a Mikel not trusting him but I I don't see the huge and I like uh, Fabio Vieira I do again I think technically he's very good but I don't think we would have been weaker having started Smith Rowe in that central left eight if you will yesterday as we were with Fabio so was there not an argument to play him in that central role even no, no I, I I agree I, I agree with you but with 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 Havertz I would like to get to a, a situation and, and stage where we say okay Kyle Kyle you're you're going to be the left eight yeah you're not going to be a centre forward we might need you every now and again if if Jesus goes off or you know last ten minutes or something. Yeah, yeah. last ten minutes we've got to push you forward, but that is going to be your position. This is how the system works. That's where you're playing. Again, mm. even if you got to sit down for a few games, mate, look at it. This is how we're playing, but mm. because yeah, we don't want the situation where he he was at Chelsea doing exactly no. the same thing. No, that and that's what worries me because yeah, I say I saw him at Leverkusen. This this is a guy that Germany built their midfield around for a summer. Like he, he's got it there. He's damaged yeah. goods because Chelsea are an absolute clown car, and I'm worried that our fans are you getting that way. What was the reaction when he missed? I I guess I have to say missed that shot that came to him because that his eyes must have lit up. He must have thought instant hero if I rattle this away because I thought well, the technique was outside the good. box, just on the edge of the box. Yeah, was it that one? yeah, yeah, the know one, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was a high bounce, wasn't it? It is difficult that to get yeah. that right, you know. But I mean, it was there for him to yeah. announce himself. 
Um, <laughs> that was the Powell. moment, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Michael Powell, when, when, when he came on, said, that's it. This is it. This is his entrance now. I had the same feeling, Jeff. I had the same feeling. This is it. It's written in stone, this. And I said, you know, I'd I'd like to. I'd like to think so. But... um, what what what's it like in the ground, Jeff? Because you you're there more than I think only Fem and Cargo. The rest of us don't get to go as much. What, what enough, is, it, is it toxic or is it split? Or no, 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 no. But it, it's it's a lot quieter. You know what? It's the expectation. Expectation. It, yeah. It's got so much higher now after last season. How much of a great season we did have when everyone had low expectations, right? Yeah. But now the expectations have got, have got so higher now. Mm. Um, everyone needs to again. They need to calm down again and keep their feet on the floor because we're still a, a team that's that's you know we're working on it, aren't we? You know. Yeah. But we do. You do get a few people that get a bit a, a little bit frustrated mm. during the match when you know that you know that level of expectancy. It doesn't. It's not. It's not living up to what we expect. You know. And but, um, is a lot of that aimed at Havertz individually? Do you get the impression? Is that is there that sort of Chelsea-ness? That, is that what people get upset yeah, about with yeah. him? You do get yeah. a few groans. You do yeah. get a few groans. But you do get a lot. Even even you get it with Eddie sometimes and, yeah, and other, pl- other players as well, you know? Yeah. Um, but I just think I, I think there's a player in there. And I, a lot of people, listen, I, you, could, you could pick 10 people out. Five would say, yeah, he's a player. We've got mm. to stick with him. And five would say, no, nah, he's a write-off. He come from Chelsea. He's shit. He couldn't play it there. Yeah. You know, you can, you'd, so we've just got to see. But I do think £65 million was way too much money for him. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I think we overpaid by at least £20 million on that deal. But I think we were so far down the rabbit hole, we kind of had to go for it in the end. And having and- said that, and having said that, I must I'll stick my hands up. And I did it the last time I was on. I wrote, I wrote Chaka off. Same. Yeah. The whole time he was here. Yummy. Right? <laughs> Till the day he left. And for the last 18 months, he was probably our best player. Mm. So yeah, what, do, what do I know about football? No, no, I, same, same. I, I, I wouldn't say I wrote him off, but I always had that opinion that I did. granite's I great, but we can do better, you know? Yeah. Like, I just no, always I felt did, like I, there was an upgrade. I didn't even have him as great. I thought it was a liability. <laughs> it was too, I used to say, didn't I? He's 20 <laughs> seconds away from a disaster, the lad. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's and and fair play to him. You know, he improved a lot of people. Wrong fair and, play. Yeah, and he's having a lovely time under Xabi Alonso at Leverkusen. Now, bless him. So, and we're but, missing him. And we're missing him. <laughs> yeah, I bet he sits at home just quietly and goes, "Yeah, they miss me." Like I bet secretly. He's I bet he don't that. listen to this podcast, though, mate. Don't worry. No, about I bet he doesn't. <laughs> if you're watching, Granite, come on. Um, Josh, let me pick on another player. Uh, well, not pick on. Actually, I want to praise. The, the one area that I think personally I'm delighted to see is is back in action is is the Saliba Gabriel access because access because that was you know and who's who's to say when Thomas Partey's fit again in a few weeks we aren't going to go back to that horrible experiment with him at right back but the one thing that I think you can say of all of our squad is settled now is that partnership those two just get better and better, don't they? And I, and I want to give Gabriel some praise as well as Saliba because we all know how Saliba, how good he is. I mean, he's French, of course, he's brilliant. But um, those two together, that that partnership, it's a bromance, isn't it? Like they're, they're just, they are perfectly bonded in the ways that they play the game very differently. I just thought they were, were excellent again yesterday. Is that, 
do you feel like that's a partnership we just have to keep together for the long term i think certainly in the long term it is a great partnership i part of me always feels a bit like granite jacker that there is an upgrade on gabriel out there some at some point Mm. he he still has that occasional rash moment where he'll go, yeah. you know what I really fancy doing today? Two foot in a striker Smashing in the box. Smashing the shit out. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll just go into it and you can see it happen yeah. and you're like, oh, come what on, makes mate. Him who he is. Come on, you've done 20 games in a row where you haven't done this. And then just one game at the vital moment, you go, ah, fuck it. All right, mm-hmm. see you later, Harland. And just yeah. boot him up in the air. In yeah. fact, if anybody's seen the second... Um, penalty decision for Brighton against AEK Athens. Yeah. So Charles yeah. Pedro is just, the defender just goes, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to kick him. He's been annoying. He's annoyed me. Yeah. Paul's nowhere. Just kicks him up. Gabriel, exactly the same. We'll do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's good. Unlike Mustafi. So we accept it. And can't put those two I in the same sentence. Jesus Christ. It's too late. Hey, one's a World Cup winner. How dare you? <laughs> Gabriel hasn't got close to his national team side. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, I do feel like there is a case where I can see why Gabriel didn't start the first couple of games because look at the minutes we've put through him. We need to find a way of rotating him out. And I think the same will come with Saliba. And I know... Can I throw uh, Saka into that as well, please? Oh, he's playing every... He plays all the reserve games, I think, at me, this point. Give me a second on Saka. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think that guy needs to be dropped at some point. Ooh, um, controversial opinion. It is a controversial opinion, but at some point I might go into detail. And if not, I just leave it there. And people can decide if that was the stupid opinion I was going to put out today because I pre-warned some people I was going to make a dumb observation. I feel like um, we need to go into that in a minute. Yes, but mm. I do feel like we've got Kivier on the bench, we've got Tommy Arsu as well, mm. that we should be rotating those centre-backs. And I don't think it was a mistake letting Rob Holding go, but no. it does feel like we need to make was, sure... But... yeah. Uh, we do need to rotate those centre-backs a bit more and reduce the number of minutes. Look at Manchester City and look yeah. at how many minutes those defenders played. Yeah, they've rotated properly. Can you compare those slide. two, though? Because Liverpool don't rotate them, Man United don't rotate them, Spurs don't rotate It's only Man City, and I feel look like it's the, because they kind of can. I would say, yeah, but look at the quality of... Uh, I think, well, actually, we'll say that. Man, Man United, did they start at the back this week? Johnny, <laughs> Johnny Evans. Evans and... Their fifth choice centre-back. <laughs> Johnny I'm Maldini sure. Evans, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. But it does feel like we just need to you know, give those other guys minutes. And I think we can say that across the field. We've just had that exact same point with Smith, mm. Rowe and Nelson. Yeah. One point of Arteta's management is I don't think he puts enough minutes into other players so mm. that they're ready when they need to be called upon. Because you know what will happen is Gabriel will play 35 games in a stretch, two foot someone, gets sent off, and Kivio comes in and has an absolute disaster class because he's yeah. just so cold of a player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can see it happening. Yeah. Well, that, so, that perfect. Yeah. I was just going to say that perfectly tees me up to ask Jeff this question then, Jeff, because is, is there still a question to ask of the manager in terms of? Um, you know, again, it's not it's constructive criticism. He's he is still a young manager. He's still learning the game in, in terms of this level. But does he still need to be better with the rotation, with the substitutions, with the management of players load? Inter- that was really badly put, but you know where I'm going. Um, yeah. is, is there an argument for that? Because we are seeing like Zinchenko, for example, we know he's going to get an injury at some point. We just we know and he's fundamental to everything we do, whether he's good or bad. 
Um, ben White plays the majority of the games at right back and he always looks like he's out of puff by 70 minutes. There is that argument, isn't there, that maybe comes back to the, the trust thing with Mikel. Is is there is there a bit in you that thinks actually, yeah, we do need to be a little bit more sensible in those lesser games where we do need to start using the squad more? I think he would love to. But again, it, it, it's this this Premier League, you can get beat anywhere. Yeah. You can get beat anywhere. And you know, and it would just look at Jorginho. Yeah. You're talking about you're talking about rotation. He's come on. He's given him a chance, right? He's took. He's brought him on. Of course, it was an injury to Declan Rice had brought him on, mm. but that's what happened. And that's two points we've could have thrown away. You know, uh, it's really, really. It's, it's a, again, it's a fine line, and we're not Man City. We we can't replace a player, mm. and that player that's we're replacing him with is as good as the one that's. You know, it's we're not Man City yet. And mm. that's where it's very difficult. It, it must be reckoning. He, he must be pulling his head. Oh, he's got a great head of hair, but <laughs> it, it, it must, it must trouble him that can he trust Kiwior to come on and, mm. and replace um, Gabriel in a, in a, a Champions League quarterfinal or something like that. Mm. I don't know whether you can. Uh, I think defenders, you could generally get away with it. Yeah. You know? Less load but, through the legs. Yeah. But, I mean, every single football team, every single successful football team has got a really, really good spine. And yeah. that spine consists of a goalkeeper, generally two central uh, defenders. You know, I know we play a three most of the time. Uh, you know, a tight midfield, two or three, two or two in midfield and a top centre forward. And everything right. else you can you can put around, dare your rotation, you know? Yeah. The wingers or the fullbacks, yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah unless yeah. You, unless you've got two centre halves or two central defenders that that can just rotate, you got so you got four in fact, you know, and you got mm. four central midfielders that can rotate. It's very very difficult, and it he must be he knows what he, he needs to do, mm. but it's finding the players. And but is it is there an argument just on the point you've made there? Is there an argument that maybe I think Josh touched on this earlier on with the Jorginho thing, and as we've all said tonight that sort of mistake is just one of those he probably won't ever make another mistake like that in his career it's it's a freak yeah. moment but is there an argument that maybe he was cold and i know that players can get injured at any point but had he have had say for example 45 minutes against psv in a game that you know psv were were dead and buried inside half an hour could he have looked at going right actually at half time we will take off rice for example and we will stick on Jorginho because well, we, we did. We might need him, you know. We did make a lot of substitutions, and he did do it early. You know, yeah, true. The, That's the fair, players yeah. that did come off, they were more. You know, we didn't think Rice was going to get injured. You know, what I'm saying he's been, he's been, he played a million games for West Ham, not been injured. You know, yeah, uh, and players like that. It's it's a tough one, isn't it? It's a, it's a really really tough one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm playing devil's advocate for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those questions you've got to ask, and. Um, Josh, we've got we've got time, so because we'll, we'll touch on Brentford in a minute, because so that game's coming up soon. But before we delve into that, give us this controversial opinion then, because I, I I think I'm going to agree with some of it in that I do think Saka could do with a bit more competition, and he he simply hasn't got that. However, I do also recognise that he's one of the best players in the world right now, and we are relying on him heavily. But he is still getting kicked up in the air. He's clearly carrying some issues. He came back from England with an issue. Um, so your controversial opinion is that you feel he should be uh, 
give them I, some time off. I put it this way: I wouldn't start him against Bournemouth. Okay, which is that's the next league game, yeah. Next league game, I wouldn't yep. start him for that game. That's at home, I, isn't it? No, is that away? That's away, isn't it? It's away, I think. Away, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't start him for that game, and I know you can't always use other players as an example. Mm-hmm. But if anybody as a casual fan would say who's Brighton's best player, it's probably Matoma, mm. who has been, he's been getting goals in the sister season for anybody in fantasy football. But if you're watching him at the game, he's been shocking. He's just got assists. Has he, has he gone full Rio Miachi yet? No, he's not gone full Rio Miachi. <laughs> he's gone full. It's one for the purists. <laughs> yeah, full probably um, a bit Shinji Kagawa. No, I I'm just trying to think Saka. of Asian players. <laughs> I mean, you, to be fair, you've hit all the Japanese ones, and he is Japanese, so he is. You've kept this borderline not racist. I was going to say, I'm on, I'm on the le- yeah. Really, Let's move on. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it does feel a bit like Saka. You know how it feels like something's missing from Saka. He's still putting in an eight out of ten, but we're not seeing those tens anymore. Mm. It's the same as what we're talking about. Or nines, or nines, and mm. that's the thing that it feels at the moment, and at the weekend Matoma was on the bench just mm-hmm. that 45 minutes and yeah Brighton but I think it was one all at half time that's when he came on yeah. Wasn't it? yeah. and yeah. then he came on at half time scores two goals great perfect mm. and I think that's just what Saka kind of needs mm. is he needs that moment of just going cool alright doesn't actually need to be kind of a day off but I feel like if we just put and I think some people have mentioned already Fabio Vieira as an option out on mm. that right. I think that's what we all saw him as was that cover for Saka. And you know, at some point in a big game, a left back for a big side is going to do a job on him. Mm. It's going to do a job on Saka and we need that fullback of, oh, right, what do we do now? And our entire game plan can't go out the window. Yeah, But it does feel like at some point it will. And it might only be, as I say, for 45 minutes. But I think you see a better Saka for that 45 minutes not on the field than you do by playing continually playing him for 90 minutes after 90 minutes. And maybe I'm wrong. But you know what? Arteta, prove me wrong. Okay. And then we'll have a conversation. <laughs> Mikel, if you're watching, you can come on with Granite and we'll, we'll have a chat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would I be right in suggesting you might disagree with that thought, Jeff? Or do you think there is some merit in what Jeff, in what uh, Josh is saying? You know what? It's a difficult one because he does, he gets kicked all over the park every single game he goes. And I know, you know, he must be made of steel or something, the kid, the way he gets kicked about. Um, but um, you see, and, and you're talking about players getting tens. Not not all these. It's very very few players get ten out of ten, do they? In on yeah. a football pitch nowadays, because this is so difficult. You know, every time he gets the ball, he's got two or three players handing him down. Um, yeah. Especially with them low block teams, he's just you know he's got nowhere oh. to go, and that's yeah. why he can't. He can only get a seven or an eight, or he might score a goal to get to get him an eight and a half or a nine. But whether he plays or not, well, you know, listen, we've got we've got a, a medical team that that monitor him, um, a medical team that obviously look after him, and mm. if they think he can play, then why not play him? He's our best player. Yeah, That's what I say. But no, I, I was going to say, isn't it a, just a massive disaster 
if our squad is entirely pinned of the success on one player, on Saka. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but you know that that challenge coming in from a great meaty mm. player could mm. happen at any time. You yeah. could, he could have three games off, and the next game someone goes straight through him. Yeah. You, yeah. So you, you never know. You just got to hope. And for you, the best. yeah. And you don't you don't see Man City rotate Rodri, do you? And and of course until he's suspended. But people talk about Haaland, but Rodri's never out of that team for a reason. He's their best player. Yeah, but we mustn't compare ourselves to Man City because no, no, I agree. Rodri. But you know, I'm not I'm not chipping you. I'm just saying. Yeah. Take take take. You got. I mean, I do it, but you got to take Man City out of it because they're just a different level. They're just a. They've got the money to have two or three players in one position. Yeah. We really haven't got that. I think. He, I mean, even you know, look at Spurs. They're not going to rotate Son mm. out, are they? You know, at the moment no. they're not. At Liverpool aren't going to rotate. But um, I would say Van Spurs Dijk are now a better or... side that they got rid of their best player. Well, yeah, <laughs> that Josh, Josh is appearing soon on the uh, Tottenham Hotspur podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for, the, for the moment, they are. Whether that yeah. continues, I don't true. know. No, no, true. I, I presume, Jeff, you were looking ahead to Wednesday when we go away to Brentford. We've actually got three games in a row away from home now, uh, Brentford, yeah. Bournemouth and, and Lons. Yeah. Um, would I be right in saying you wouldn't have Saka anywhere near, not just no, the bench, near the but team. that squad? Uh, yeah. he, I'd, I'd have him sitting there. You know what? You know, Sunday afternoon, I'd have given him a couple of flight tickets. Yeah. You go some, go to Spain <laughs> go and or enjoy wherever, right? And yeah. I don't want to see you until you know, a week and a half's time or something. Yeah, I agree. You know, you go and have a rest. But we um, all know he's going to be on the bench at, at Brentford, don't we? We just No, nah, surely not. I, don't, I can't I think see he it. will. I think he will. No, I can't the see it. Now, that would be a mistake. Yeah, I agree. No? Is there a fashion no, 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 week no, no. going on? That, yeah. That would... <laughs> is it Milan? Is it Milan coming up? But I'm going to be then... at Brentford as well. I'm going to go to Brentford. It's a good yeah. away day, isn't it? Yeah, so, it's, well, it's, it's only it's just literally, I can get there in 15 minutes. It's a nice little ground in, in amongst all the, the you know, I always see it on the bus when I come up because it's right in the middle of that estate, yeah. isn't it? Well, yeah. What would you, how much rotation would you do for that, Jeff? Because I'm I'm in. Everybody. I, yeah, but, but see, I'm in that. You, I hate, oh God, I'm going to feel really grim here. I hate to give Mourinho credit, but I'm going to do it. Mm. Um, the first thing he did when he came into Chelsea, to, we tried to do it at Spurs. Obviously, nobody's going to do it at Spurs. Um, agreed, but he won silverware, didn't he? And I know Mikel's won that FA Cup, but is there this argument that maybe we should try and put out, even if we're going to rotate, a strong enough lineup to go deep in this sort of composition? Well, no, he will. He's going to, he's going to, I think, he'll, you know, Tommy Asser will play. He'll probably, he might even play Ben White. But I mean, I yeah. think he's crazy if he does. He might even yeah. play Gabriel. You know, I think Saliba uh, might be the one who plays. To be honest, again, yeah, I, I think he's mean. gonna, he's gonna, he probably, he'll probably put out a strong spine, mm. and and put everybody else around them. You know, um, squad players. I think Smith Rowe will play. Surely Havertz the to one. try and get his confidence up. Vieira, maybe Eddie uh, again. Uh, Smith Rowe. Yeah, Eddie. I don't know because maybe he, he's looking to. Cedric Suarez. <laughs> Cedric Suarez. <laughs> I would be surprised if we see I mean, Cedric. I'd rather yeah. see Cedric start than Zinchenko. Let's put it that or way. Because he's yeah. another sure. player that I'm very yeah, yeah. cautious yeah. about at the moment. Listen, I'll put, I'll put a team out that can compete because we should be able to compete. Because I think Brentford are going to do the same as well. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, I mean... So, let them have a little tear up amongst themselves, all the youngsters, you know, and the, you know, the, the flitterings. But well, if you we've, if you look we've at, got the Champions League, we've got to concentrate on. We, you know, we, and, and Bournemouth are in a rough spot in terms of their form at the moment. So we need to be going there and trying to get all three points. You'd think, correct, as well. correct. But 
you think about it, a lineup you could put just off the top of my head. You you can bring Ramsdale back in in goal, yeah, or indeed Raya if you want to play Ramsdale at the weekend. Who who the hell knows no, at no, this point? Play Ramsdale, yeah. So you bring Ramsdale in. You could put Cedric right back, give your left back, centre backs, Tommy Asu, and one of Saliba or Gabriel because probably one of them's going to play. Yeah. Midfield too, you can play Jorginho to get him over that horrible moment. Although, is there an argument yeah. that maybe you keep him fresh if, if there is an injury to Rice? Yeah. Um, you don't risk Trossard. Who no. who do you play in the midfield? Maybe Smith Rowe centrally, and then you bring Nelson Vieira, um, Vieira on the right, maybe Nelson on the left, and Kessie through the middle, or you bring Kai Havertz into the left eight alongside whoever plays in midfield. I mean, there's Cut. a lineup there, isn't there? Couple of young kids. What's the what's the young kid with the left foot? Tricky left foot. Nathan. Ethan. Oh, Warren. Ethan Wanyeri. Yeah. Right. yeah, 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 yeah. Stick yep. him in. Give him a go. It's yeah, nice little, nice, back, nice yeah. little pitch. It ain't a, uh, ain't a, ain't a daunting Old Trafford that he's playing at. It's Brentford. It's like a, it's very. Where he made his debut. Where he it? made his debut was it? Yeah, yeah exactly. When he came on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Vieira had a give, good day there, didn't he? A few give, years. Give back him a run out, you know, and his debut. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the way. Um, but yeah, I, I would be, I would play Havertz, I think, because I, I just feel like this is the sort of game that try and get him, even if he doesn't get a goal or an assist, you just get him games at the moment, get him, you know, get him in that in, in that system. position. And I would arguably play Eddie as well. You, you, I don't want Jesus anywhere near that team. I don't want Saka no. near that team. Um, I don't want Salah near that for team. fitness. For fitness, he might might give him twenty minutes, half an hour or something, you know, because they do need Jesus. You mean yeah. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just give him that match fitness. Um, yeah, I'd definitely play Rich Nelson for sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like we're missing somebody. And who am I missing out of our squad? I feel like I'm missing someone really obvious. But yeah, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think there's enough players in that team that you could rotate. Um, uh, El Nenny? Did you have El Nenny? Yeah, I don't think he's fit enough to start yet. I think he'll be on the bench. I think he's still sort of, he's been in the squads to integrate him back in, but I don't think he's fit to start yet. They won't risk Trossard if he's had this hamstring issue and same with Martinelli. Um, maybe you could play Zinchenko again, fitness-wise. I'm just looking no. at the squad now, but no, I, I wouldn't either. No. The only other one I could think maybe is Raul Waters, who their talk is on the fringes of the first team at right back, maybe. Um, but yeah, it'd be an interesting one. I wonder but if Tommy Arsu came in left, but that's about it. Yeah, no, yeah. I think I think we could be covered on the right hand side, didn't we? I think I mean Cedric's all right. Let's, let's slick him in there. Job, let him earn his let him earn his hundred grand or whatever he's getting. <laughs> <laughs> his Winston Bogard salary, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick him in. Yeah, I'd like personally. I'd like to see Tommy Asu as a centre back, by the way, because I'm going to die on this hill. It's his best position. End of story. Anyway, uh, for upset people, let's move on. Um, blah, blah, blah. Just one other thing I wanted to touch on the North London derby again, actually, with you, Jeff. Um, did it amuse you and those around you how Spurs well two things one pre-game they said they were going to take it to us the full 90 minutes well that lasted about 65 and then they retreated hard and also um, celebrating a draw that must have been nice for them nice little day out well they I think I think you've got to take that as a compliment because they do recognise us as a top top team now and they're thinking hold on a minute we've we've got a draw at, at, at their gaff and we played quite well, but I was lucky getting a draw. Really, we should have yeah, won that game. We I'm, gave I'm, them the goal. Didn't we, I'm over it now, but I was absolutely gutted yesterday. Yeah. I thought, you know, we definitely dropped two points there. Was it the general? Like was that the general feel when you left the ground? Yeah, the for sure. Mm-hmm. Everyone was very flat. The, the, mm. You know, everyone was very flat from as soon as they scored the equaliser. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have to ask you, come. this is. 
this is nothing to do with the North London derby, but it's just I've got a lovely image in my head. Did you purchase the new away kit this year, Jeff? Have you no, been seen? No. no I, 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 you know what? I'm a funny head, me. I don't purchase kits. <laughs> I didn't I, think I, you would. No. No, I'm not a kit man. I love that kit. I do. I, I really like kit. it. And I'm We're gonna probably going to wear it at Brentford. So. I am going to buy me daughter that kit. Funny enough, the ten, it, ten year old. It's one for the youths, isn't it? What about? I love that. that I love was... that. Yeah, brilliant. That's, that was your era, wasn't it? 83, the green kit? That's probably my favourite. Yeah, that's probably my yeah. favourite kit, that one. Brilliant. Yeah. I love that kit. I was yeah, chatting I to... The only time I put, you'll see me in a kit, right, is a, a cup final. That's it. Yeah. And I'm willing to bet, oh, that's the Arsenal ladies away, which is quite a, an eyesore as well. And I'm no, willing to like bet that. that you go cup finals with, I'm I'm going to go with sort of 70s style... <laughs> Camden, yellow, blue yellow, sleeves, yellow. Yeah. yeah, it all depends what we're playing in. But 1970, I, 71, 72, that kit, you know. Yeah. White I, sleeves, I, old school. I can, I can hear your friend and mine, Gav, going, home kit, red, white sleeves, away kit, yellow, blue sleeves. Big number nine off. on the back, John Radford. Yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%. Uh, right. Um, we are going to take some questions before we wrap up. So uh, if you have any, now is the time to shove them into the chat box. We've got a couple already. Um, in a t- in a weird turn of events, I'm going to ask them to you guys rather than throwing it to somebody else, because why not? So I think we already answered one of Phil Macus. Let me go to Fem's. Uh, actually, we kind of did answer Fem's question about the Reese Nelson contract, didn't we? So Fem, I feel like we've covered that one um josh let me give you this one from jimmy um why do we give long contracts to players with no other clubs want eddie nelson had no other big clubs sniffing around them yet we hand them a big contract clearly showing that they're not big team players what do you make of that i I don't know why i have a feeling there were people sniffing around eddie at the time Hmm. we gave him that contract west ham and palace wasn't it i think so um certainly when he was available to go on that free I think there were definitely teams that were in for him. But I think part of it goes into that homegrown quota. Um, I think we're just yeah. one over at the moment. And I think at the time when we signed Eddie, we needed him to kind of fulfill that quota. Mm. And Reese Nelson, I guess we wanted to forget someone else. I guess we really never got that explosive winger that we wanted yeah. when we tried to get Mudrich. And Nelson kind of fits that kind of similar profile. Mm. Um, I think he's a lot better player. Uh, we should have sold him <laughs> to Chelsea instead for, I don't know, 200 million. But yeah, that's where I think the difference was that I think they fit a certain profile. Why one of them seems to be getting a horrendous amount of minutes versus the other one, I'm not sure. Um, mm. That's a different question. But I think in those two examples, there were reasons why we extended them. And as I say, it's always sometimes cheaper to extend than to get a player of that quality. I mean, we're yeah. talking, what, 60 million for Ivan Tony, And I think at the time with Jesus coming in, would we have paid 60 million to get Tony out of Brentford? Or would mm. you sign the guy we've already got and question what's happening with Balogun at that time as well? Yeah, true. Because I think he was coming through and we were still not sure what we do there as well. I am just going to put it out there though. When Ivan Tony does inevitably move, unless he goes to Chelsea, mm. in which case he'll go for probably about three hundred million, roughly, mm-hmm. uh, plus about eight Chelsea players going the other way on loan. But in all seriousness, I think wherever he goes, unless it's Man City or Chelsea, I will put it out there now. He doesn't go for any more than forty up front. There might be sixty over, 
20 million over the deal, but I don't think he'll go for more than four. I think Brentford are um, trying it on there, but I don't think he'll go for a high, as high as 60. I think there's a um, another team in North London that will be going there very quickly. Yeah, he does sort of tick Especially boxes, for Brazilianism, which mm-hmm. continues not to score goals. Yeah, bless him. Um, blah, blah, blah. There's a couple of these questions that I kind of feel like we've answered, but I'll just give them a nod. Jimmy also asked the question about Eddie. Um, can we sort of give up on him? I feel like we sort of covered that one, Jimmy. So hopefully you got the answer to that one. Um, and also Jimmy asked about Raya's first game against what you class as a top club. Actually, this is a good question. I'll check this one at you, Jeff. Um, so Raya's first start against what you call a top class club and he was the shakiest Danny with a wobbly wheel. <laughs> um, we have to give Aaron, we've given Aaron lots of stick, but does he do better in big games? Where do you sit on that one, Jeff? What's your thoughts on that? Well, we can only see what we've, we've, we've seen. It's a very small sample size, what we've seen, but I have seen him in, in obviously when he was playing for Brentford and he did look quite cool and calm. Uh, mm. That is exactly what we want. He's a cool and calm goalkeeper. And I know Aaron does get a bit frantic sometimes, doesn't he? He has done in the past. And like I say, he's made a couple of rickets. Um, mm. But you can, you know, I've, uh, I, I'm impressed with, with Raya. So at the moment, I, I would I would stick with it. And we've got to see how he shapes up. Yeah. Yeah. Give him a good sample size of uh, straight eight or nine games and see where we come out. On that same subject, uh, Josh, let me throw you Phil's question. Um, I'm failing to see the upgrade in Ryan. What do you think? You you didn't get a chance to talk about Ryan. So what was your view on that? Do you see the upgrade there like Jeff and I do? I wouldn't say upgrade. I think he's just different. It's different profile of goalkeeper mm, to Ramsdale. Style. And I think Ramsdale's got some merits and I think Ryan's got some merits. And I think the thing that, yeah, when we get that larger sample size, the thing I'd like to see is how does Raya come back from adversity? You know, when we concede mm. or he makes a mistake, how does he react? Because that's one of the strongest parts of Ramsdale's game mm. is that mental fortitude when he does make a mistake. And maybe some Tough. people will come, well, Raya doesn't make a mistake, so he doesn't need to. But mm. I think we've seen that there are some moments where the pressure gets to him. And it's different playing in the net for Brentford compared to playing in the net for Arsenal. And True. the yeah. pressures are completely different. Teams are going to attack you and get onto you slightly differently. I think that was with the big reticence we had when Ramsdale was coming in because the yeah. teams he played for before, he was doing relegation battles, but they yeah, spotted there was something in there. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's the same with Raya. We just need to see how he copes with that step up. And against think- Everton and against PSV, yeah, he was solid. And he excelled in the places we knew Ramsdale would suffer, which is the case of claiming crosses. And you saw that the big, we played two teams with massive target men. Mm. And funny enough, first time he comes up against a team where they're playing kind of a false nine Mm. or a small diminutive, quick, pacey striker. Mm. And we lose one of the big assets of Raya is that the balls didn't come into the box as often as they did against Everton and PSV when they were trying to hit Luke de Jong and was it Beto and probably a half-fit Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I think, the big difference. And I'd like to see... um, And it'll come from Arteta. If he truly doesn't see a number one, he will pick the best goalkeeper for the time. And I think that's where he just needs to get a bit sharper on that. But going by (laughs) Arteta's substitutions and not necessarily improving those in 18 
24 months. <laughs> uh, it might be a while before we well, see him pick the right goalkeeper for the right he's moment. He's put pressure on himself as well as us, hasn't he? Because if, if Raya does drop a howler, the media are going to be all over that like flies on shit, aren't they? But yeah, It's the question yeah, of if you are going to change your goalkeeper, Mm. Do you do it after they've just made a howler? Exactly. That's that's the issue. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I think none of us have really picked up on as well is there's a, a straight fight between Raya and Spain and Ramsdale and England because I think everyone agrees that Ramsdale was pushing Jordan Pickford until he was left out. And I think mm. Raya, there's definitely an opening in the Spanish squad ahead of the Euros for next summer. So I think Unai Simon's currently got the jersey, but I think mm-hmm. the feeling in Spain is that he could be the Spanish number one. So there's a separate battle going on with their playing time as well. So that'd be interesting. Yeah, um, I wonder if that's part of it, that they're kind of giving them both equal minutes to give them an yeah. equal shot. Um, yeah. We all know Southgate, though, will have a oh, of bottle of cognac before he makes his decisions and call up seven left-backs instead. Pickford, uh, Maguire, <laughs> Calvin Phillips. <laughs> we, we can all pick England's team. I already we? know now he's trying to phone up the Irish FA to get Johnny Evans in. Yeah, <laughs> of course he is. Um, back to the questions then. Um, give this one to you, Jeff. Uh, blah, 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 from Joseph Matteo. Uh, why do you think Arteta went for Jesus on the left? So we, we did talk about this, um, but just yeah. a slightly different take on it. Instead of Jesus central and Nelson on the left, what I want to extract from that, um, mm. that question, because we already covered it, is do you think that we'll see this again? Or do you think that that evidence of what we saw yesterday will be enough for Mikel to go, yeah, that didn't really work? I hope so, because it didn't work, really. No, I mean, it's, quite, it's quite clear that it didn't work. Um, I'm just thinking that... <sighs> we wanted to keep that press. And I, I'm just thinking that he, he thought that maybe... Eddie and Jesus was was going to do the job mm. without without thinking about he, he, he's changing people around in more than one places because he's he's taking Havertz out and putting um, Vieira in and I think that was it. that left hand side was changed too much. We yeah. already had Martinelli out, right? We need to be more familiar on that yeah. left-hand side in, a, in such a big, important game. And he took our best presser, like I said earlier on, out of, out of the central area yeah. and put him on the left-hand side. Now, I know he's played on the flanks for, for Man City, but I, I, I do think it was a mistake. And I definitely think that uh, Vieira was a mistake as well. So hopefully yeah. he don't do it again. Agreed. Yeah, I think I'd rather see if it comes to it like that again. I'd rather see Havertz as the orthodox yeah. nine or trust. Well, at least you know you've got physicality. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. He definitely offers you that. Um, Phil Macaras, who plays in goal Wednesday. So I'm going Ramsdale. Jeff, are you going Ramsdale? Yes, mate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Josh, same. I. Why not? <laughs> Trust you to be different. <laughs> You're going Carl Hine, right? <laughs> yeah, Carl Hine. Why not? We've got a th- yeah. third choice goalkeeper for some reason. 
Yeah, he can stay on the bench. No, it's, I, it's going to be Ramsdale, isn't it? Yeah, you'd think it'd be yeah. Ramsdale, particularly if, if, if Raya's going to play against Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's cup tied either, is he, Raya? Raya can't no, play they've that given him position yeah. to play that game, yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, yeah. But then I don't, I think it was probably I don't trust that. for him to play. I don't Do trust not? it. Why would they give him, uh, why would they say you can play that game against us? It's mine game. He's only going to chuck it in, isn't he, now? Well, well, also, they know how he plays. So I think it's, yeah. it's reverse psychology oh, to make us fan. think, should we play him? But yeah. I know it happens all the time in Italy, but no, it's mind games. Right, yeah. it's Agent Raya is going to chuck one in. Bring in Onana. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jimmy H says, in the games where... in Let's try that again. In big games, we are our own worst enemies time and time again when we take the lead and then it's a big... It's a big when it's at a big point in the match, we make huge mistakes. What gives goals away in this is this team mentality. Danny, if you've got this in the background, if you can just flash up that goals conceded thing... Um, because I just want to ask Jeff about this in terms of the in-ground experience. There we go. So on the screen there, Jeff, for those listening in uh, podcast format, you've got Bournemouth, we conceded after nine seconds. Southampton last season in that horrible evening at the end of the season, conceded to Alcarez after 28 seconds. And then Fulham this season, 57 seconds. What I wanted to ask you slightly away from Jimmy's question, but on the same lines is, in the ground, can you kind of see it coming in the sense that we talked earlier on about this hustle bustle and racing around press thing? Mm. Is there a noticeable way that we set up from kickoff or from retakes from kickoffs? Or is it something to do with the shape or do you think it's just pure lack of focus? Just lack of focus. It just Mm. must be lack of focus. I can't see any other reason. I mean, the golden rule, you know, you keep it tight for 10 minutes. You know, yeah. and I should imagine Arteta, it's the last thing he says. Do not concede a goal mm. early. Do not concede. You know, if Arsenal score the first goal, right, it's going to be very, very difficult for teams to overcome us, really. You mm. know, you, you, generally, right? Or put it a different way. If Arsenal concede a goal first, again, we're, we're under pressure. That emotion builds up, mm. builds up. That's what we had all the time. The, the, the Southampton game last year, the Bournemouth game last year, every game, every home game seems like there's a drama, you know? Drama so, before the crisis, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, why are we doing this to ourselves? Does you it know? worry you that the manager came out and said, I don't know? When he was asked how to stop this happening, did that was that just Mikel being coy, or did that legit worry you a bit when he said that? I just, I just think he don't know. I don't. I, you know, it's it's crazy. Game of football's crazy. You know what happens in games of football. And I'm sure, I'm sure players go out there. Okay, right, we're switched on, and then you know something happens, and it only takes a second to score a goal. Brian Clough used to say. Yeah, my grandmother always used to say that. And if yeah. you if you switch off in the Premier League. Mm. It's on you. And I do think that there are teams that notice that we aren't switched on because yeah. obviously we've conceded all them stupid goals so early. They go, right, yeah. first thing we've got to do, let's try and win the toss up, pump it straight into their box and see how we get on. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just love to see us just, dare I say it, there was this talk a few weeks ago, wasn't there? It was like, is Arteta trying to make Arsenal a bit more boring this season? Can we have a bit more of that back, please? Just in certain, even segments of games, can we just, can we just knock it from side to side? For well, five I've said minutes, 12, yeah. 14 passes. Let's yeah, play yeah. that game. Get the ball. Yeah. 12, bore the pants off of someone for a little while. Yeah, yeah. We, and we then suck them in and then hit. Run. 
yeah. Yeah, even if it's just for five minutes after you score, just I I I never subscribe to this idea that that teams are most vulnerable when you've just scored against them. It's pure other team switches off. It, it I just don't yeah. never buy into that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, five thousand passes. Yeah, that was it. That was they used to call it the Ark of Doom, or whatever we used to play in Arsenal's late days. We played around this. Yeah, yeah. let's have more of that back, please. Just not, just not the full ninety minutes. Can't deal with that. Um, Two quick last ones to finish. Then, Fam of our parish, Josh. What's the point in playing Cedric? I probably could just stop there, but bless him. Um, What's the point in playing Cedric, who's leaving next summer in a League Cup, rather than blood players like Lino Soda or Raul Waters? Uh, don't we have to start getting these players ready at some point? I do tend to agree with that. I have to say, Raul Waters looks physically ready to me. What I've mm. seen, and this lad Souza, for everything that uh, people like George Bird, who knows his eggs in terms of the use, says this kid's got it. Is there an argument to say rather than playing the Cedrics and the formerly Rob Holdings that you bring in these type of players? Yeah, I guess that's why we've made space for them. I. Mm. I'm still trying to get it out of uh, Collings when he'll listen and he's actually starting covering Arsenal and not <laughs> gallivanting off to Rugby World Cups and uh, <laughs> who knows what else. Yeah. He was on Australia for a couple of months as well. I think obviously you know, he's covering the Women's World Cup. Got a great gig. But anyway, I want his Arsenal news, please. And I want to know if Cedric is the only reason he's there is because he's doing his badges. That's what it feels like. I swear that's the only reason he's still there is because he's doing his badges and he's coaching. Or no one wanted him. <sighs> Or is well, that argument? That, yeah, it could be that. <laughs> but I feel like we try pretty much, you know, we've terminated players' contracts. We're not worried about if we want someone out of the building, we'll mm. just go, we'll see you later. Arteta liked him, didn't he? He actively said he wanted him, didn't he? He was the one who gave him the deal. All right, he he's Arteta's so. mate. Well, if he's Arteta's <laughs> mate, come on this podcast and we'll give him some ideas. Get him in the pit Arteta. with Carlos Cuesta and all the other guys. Get him in there. He'd be great. Yeah, exactly. He's a good professional, though. And he's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's true. not kicking up a fuss, is he? No, no um, he's not that there, bad. Is he really that bad? I know he's not great, well, but he's not Technically, bad. he's good. Yeah. Yeah, he's can't be Femme Toffee. No, no. <laughs> it's a bit like Cedric Suarez. Just, just no, he is Cedric. It is. It's a bit like yeah. Nuno Tavares, who was just, just not quite yep. sexy. Like, yeah, it's a bit yeah. like that, isn't it? Yeah. 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 What is it with Portuguese fullbacks and not known? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Scoring winners and shit like that. He's no Andre Santos, so, that's for sure. Um, well, if you know, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've not seen Cedric in months. Who knows what he's ballooned no. out to? Well, he was wasn't he on the bench yesterday. I think he was on the bench yesterday. Cedric. Was he the one that hands out the Maltesers? Is that it? <laughs> I'm pretty so. sure halfway through there, I saw either a giant catering tub of Malden salt or MS <laughs> um, mini rolls. It was one of the two. Someone could look back. If Third Eye was still on Soccer AM, someone <laughs> would pick up on that. And I'm sure there was a tub of like. Yeah, maybe that's it. What snacks got, have they got on the bench? We've got AirPod Albert. Perhaps we could have like CFAX Cedric or something. I don't know. There's got to be some some role we can find for him. Cedric's smorgasbord. And that's what it is. And he <laughs> wheels it out with his trolley full of snacks for the uh, bench. Again, if you're listening, Cedric, and you want to come on the podcast with Mikel and Granite, you're welcome. So we'll, we'll have you <laughs> in. It's no problem. Yeah. Free for all. Exactly. Free. You've got plenty free. of spare time, we know. Yeah. <laughs> and bring your dinner with you. Yeah. Oh, that brings you oh, back. And you can man. bring your fucking dinner. <laughs> what was his name? What was his name? The manager of... Um, oh, John Sitton. John Sitton. What, yeah. what a lad. Yeah, we follow yeah. each other on Twitter. He's funny. Oh. Have you seen, anyone who hasn't seen that documentary, you got to... Yeah, because yeah. it's so it's, 1970s, it's 80s football. <laughs> oh. There's there's two that jump to mind with that, Jeff. There's that one, and then there's the Neil Warnock 
one no, when he's well, yeah, at Huddersfield yeah. and he's in the shower and he's like, yeah. there's 23,000 people out there in the pissing fucking rain and you're playing yeah. like that. Oh, there's there's another one about Barry Fry as well. He used to be oh, my manager, funny the enough. The one, yes. Yeah, and yeah, I remember yeah. I was at Barnet one time. I think we was 3-0 down against, oh, I don't know. I don't know who he was playing. But I won at him. And believe it or not, Stan Flashman was the chairman at the time. Stan Flashman was the biggest ticket tout the world has ever seen at the time. <laughs> right. And he's come in and they start rolling around on the floor, fighting each other. Honestly, it's just crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> but, but Barry Fly had a fly on the wall documentary as well yeah similar you've got to watch that it's so funny i think it was on sky i think it's one of sky's first like flying the wall documentaries yeah. um, where, lovely, fella. lovely fella barry fry by the way what club was that it wasn't peterborough was it it was or was it peterborough i think it was peterborough yeah because there was that manager wasn't there that fry was like the chairman and that manager was just not even he wasn't even a manager was he wasn't fit to no. coach at all and no, yeah, I remember no. that Sky documentary. It was good. It was good. Um, and I've just finished, actually, I know he's not popular on this podcast, but mentioned him earlier on. I just finished Harry Redknapp's document, uh, bio, autobiography. Um, and if you can cut through a lot of the bullshit, and there is plenty, but he does tell that story of the West Ham preseason game where that lad was giving him shit from the touchline and he said, <laughs> I can do better. Yeah. And he, he gave That's him, funny. he said, well, as a kit, here's a pair of boots, fucking get on there. And the guy came on and scored. <laughs> so <laughs> it just doesn't happen anymore in these modern football anyway off track we go final question um oh there you go look danny's just put on the screen all the players that have disappeared under the uh arteta era to be fair we could include still smith row i haven't seen him in a while no, no, it's just, just saka and martinelli isn't it yeah it's amazing isn't it though really That's a lot of players yeah. gone there isn't there yeah and watching abamyang at uh, park de prance last night that was sad bless him anyway um final question jeff you can have this one from avon um avon teddington was there something in that was there something that Tottenham were doing yesterday that the referee allowed them to do uh, that gave them an advantage? Um, I don't know where he's going with that. I made, They did get a few. I thought the referee was all right yesterday. There's only one time I called him a interesting word. But yeah, did you feel like Spurs got away with a few things yesterday? You know what? I'm, I haven't done the rewatch yet. I, I am going to, but I've been mm. very busy today. But I'm definitely tomorrow. I'm, I normally always do a full 90 minute rewatch yeah and it, it's it's a to- generally a totally different game to what you're watching live yeah at the match because you can you can there's so much to, to view whereas on on television it shows everything for you and i'm saying up close mm. yeah so, uh, but no not really not that nothing that nothing that i can remember maybe josh you you, you mm. Did you did you think can you think of anything where Avon's just feel... just put in the chat actually sorry I've just found it he said what prompted my question is that the ball was in play for 52 minutes uh, of the 106 and oh, the yeah. second so second I choice in the was, Premier League this season yeah, that I knew I replied to that in the chat my feeling but again I haven't watched it back was that that was more our fault that mm. Raya kept kicking out of play. They disrupted us perfectly yeah. but it kept always being for throw-ins rather than fouls I think mm. I'm going to quickly have a look at the stats and just double check what, um, well, actually they had 19 fouls and we had 12. That probably didn't help. Mm. Um, Home side away side. It's about right, isn't it? Yeah. Especially in a derby. But mm. yeah, I felt like it was the throw-ins. I've every, that second half, I, if someone counted it, the number of times Ryan put it out of touch. Yeah. It, it just seemed like moves were breaking down and we never really brought any momentum up. Um, yeah. But I think we gave as good as we got as well. 
Uh, it was a yeah. couple of opportunities that when we should have put in a tackle, we didn't. Whereas mm. Tottenham were a bit better at doing that and cutting our breaks off quite early. I think you look at it, Jorginho probably does a bit of the uh, Ben White versus PSV and just grabs uh, him down. Yeah, grabs Madison's legs, just goes, yeah. screw it, take the yellow, yeah. whatever. Um, I fucking love Ben White. <laughs> The same for Saka <laughs> against James Madison as well. Just mm. wipe the boy out on there. He's not gone into the box yet. That um, opportunity for a free kick isn't as dangerous as mm. letting Madison into the box and playing a ball square across yeah. there. You can set a wall up. You, he's got loads of different options at that point. Um, you mm. trust Ramsdale at that point to you know, claim the cross if it was uh, you know one way or the other. So yeah, I think there's a couple of bits of naivety. I think. It's funny you should mention that as well because I don't know if you thought I don't know if you thought this mm. as well, Jeff, and you might see this in the rewatch. I thought that Erdegaard booking really hampered his game yesterday. 100%. He got that booking so early and he couldn't press, he couldn't mm. do that because Erdegaard's quite good at the niggly foul, the the Rodri yeah. foul, if you like. Yeah, um, and he couldn't yeah. do it, and that I thought that really held him back yesterday. Definitely. So, um, yeah, yeah. So an interesting point. Thanks for clarifying there, Avon. That's a good. Good point to make. And yeah, I uh, don't want to give Spurs any credit, of course, but yeah, their rotational fouling was quite clever. Saar, Basuma, a doggy. Uh, who was it? Was it Pedro Porro on the other side? Uh, well, they brought Hjoiberg uh, on as well. Oh, of course. And, the uh, king of shithousery, the, the if there ever was one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 100%. But yeah, I did think they were. Um, there's, there's definitely worse teams for time wasting in <coughs> Newcastle. Um, but yeah, interesting. Cool. Okay. Right. Well, we've given you all two hours tonight, which uh, we did not really plan to do podcasts this long this season. But, you know, this is uh, one of those games where you do just sort of feel like you need to uh, go deep into the affair because there's quite a lot to talk about and certainly a lot of talking points. So uh, thank you for all of those who've been patient and stuck with us for a bit of a longer pod. Um, and um, I'll break you Brady's bananas just popped into the chat and uh, it's just that did you talk about Sky Sports Carragher comment on Ramsdale applause Scouse wanker <laughs> yeah I did, I did allude to it about how you know Nick Senior or yeah. um, Ramsdale Senior sorry has um, has come on and mentioned that um, yeah. he said you know what he's just applauding it there's nothing yeah. in it no no of course there isn't and also but, um, you know what Carragher's like yeah, of course. And and Gary Neville having another orgasm as Son equalised. That was always nice to hear as well, the fucking weapon. Anyway, um, yeah, remember? Oh, uh, sorry, I have to just throw this in. Gary Neville talking about us over-celebrating. D- sorry, Gary, d- when you won against Liverpool at Old Trafford and you were flicking the Vs to Liverpool fans, you forgot that, have you, mate? Yeah, thought you had. Anyway, that's where we will leave this podcast. have to leave it on a Neville Rams, didn't we? Um, Josh, thanks for coming back on. Uh, you've got Brighton matches to watch, so we'll see you in what January. <laughs> um, depends who gets knocked out first. Good point, good point. Or if Arsenal draw Brighton, perhaps we'll get you on then and we'll fight yeah, you over who's yeah. going to be. Yeah, maybe all jokes aside, support your local people. Um, I'm enjoying Argyle this season, they won 6 2 at Norwich at the, home to Norwich at the weekend. Oh, so, Glory yeah. Hunter now that they're in a decent league. Yeah, well, you got to do these things. Don't you? <laughs> Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, mate. Appreciate it. No, thank you. Pleasure. And uh, Jeff, uh, don't leave it so long, mate. I know you're a busy no. man, but you know, no. even if you do one every you. six months, you know. No, no, I promise you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna at least do one every six weeks. Six uh, weeks. Yeah, at, at least. All right, I'm holding da- you to that, Danny. Yeah. If no, if you go by Danny's stat, Jeff 
it's been a hundred podcasts since you've last been on. Oh, no, I can't believe that. That's amazing. <laughs> and you got that no excuse. You got no excuse now, Jeff. We've got the, um, we've got a fantastic host doing every podcast this year. He's great. That's true. It's true. I mean, it's he's elite here. It flows much more. Exactly. And none of that. <laughs> and, you wear your t- and, you, and you wear your top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, none, none of that old, you know, nonsense. We're all organised here now. Um, you wear dannies that are shrunk in the wash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. well, obviously, the, the viewers that haven't seen what we saw before we came on. I'm sure Danny can put the picture up uh, for yeah, those who I, haven't no, I don't, seen. No, I don't think so. Anyway, listen, it's been a pleasure. Honestly, yes. I've really enjoyed it, and uh, it's great. It's great. <laughs> there is the picture. Oh my good god, there is the picture oh, once god. again. Listen, yeah. I've got to go. I've, listen, I've got to try and go to sleep now. How am I going to do that? Oh, <laughs> Sweet nightmare. dreams. Sweet dreams, Jeff. <laughs> Fantastic. No, we will absolutely have you on again, mate. And I know you've got a lot of things to do and a lot of things and a lot of pies. You're a busy man. But yeah, anytime you are free, just do what you did today. Stick it in the chat and we'll we'll get you back on. So uh, No problem, mate. It's been good great to have you see back. you again, guys. God bless you, it's, yeah? Uh, you Thank too. You, and give our love to all the other 400 podcasts. You, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> say, say hello to Boyd for us, all right? <laughs> right. Cheers, you mate. too. That, thank you to everybody who has joined us in the chat tonight. Much appreciated. Uh, it's always the regular names. We appreciate you. But anybody new who might be listening on the podcast in delay, uh, pop into the live chat. We're all a friendly bunch. And if people aren't friendly to you, give us their names and we'll send Danny around with a chainsaw. It's not a problem. Uh, but in all seriousness, uh, yesterday was painful. It wasn't the most pleasant, you know, a draw that feels like a loss. But I think that represents just how far we've come. Onwards to Brentford on Wednesday and Bournemouth at the weekend. So whatever you're doing, keep it Arsenal. And we'll speak to you very soon. Good night. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Get down, dog. Splendid business. He nearly caught the bloody thing. What are you talking about? So I've just eaten a full quiche. Well, you don't often see them at him. So when you see them in the supermarket, they need to be swagged, microwaved immediately and get the brown sauce on them and bosh, Bob's your uncle. Never in doubt.